Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Wednesday installment of our program at one of our favorite locations, the UNF Arena. Love coming to UNF, love going to JU, love going to see local basketball at the college level. And we are here today as the Ospreys get set to play host to a good Lipscomb team, two good teams tonight in the A-Sun. Frank Frangie along with Hayes Carlyle and Lauren Brooks and R.J. Saunders. Hayes and Lauren and I on location. R.J. back at World Headquarters as we get set for another uh, fun game from, is this a great location right here in the Absolutely. hospitality area? Are you kidding me? The uh, the food's nearby. Oh, that's great. The we drinks got the code to the drinks. We got the code. Coach Driscoll. And, and he'll remind us again today. Yeah. You know, so we, we, all, we have to ask him if the code's changed. It's The code's sure. always got to be all threes. Yeah. Because that's all UNF makes. <laughs> it, it really should so be. So the code's three, just three, all three, three. three. Across campus, that should be the code. Really on every on every lock in, on campus. So we'll talk a little uh, hoops with uh, Coach Matthew Driscoll, who joins us uh, momentarily. We hope we have him at the 320 spot. He'll let me know if that's when he's able to join us. But he'll certainly join us early. Early on in the program. A lot of things to talk about today on the uh, program. I thought uh, Matt and Joe and Mia did a really nice job talking about where the whole NIL thing is going. Um, I got a thought about that and where we're headed on that. And, of course, the Tennessee uh, governmental folks have stepped in because that's what you do these days. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. Um, Mike McDonald got, got hired. Good coach. Uh, he's the He quickly becomes the youngest coach in the NFL. Uh, he, was at, he was 36, which is the exact age that Kevin O'Connell was when he got hired by the Vikings two years ago and became the youngest coach in the NFL. Well, that's where we're headed, isn't it? Yeah, and Jared it, Mayo was the youngest coach yeah. for, uh, I guess, about two week. weeks. Yeah, about yeah. a couple weeks. So, um, um, but I yeah, mean, we are headed for let's hire the young undefeated guy, right? Every coach is undefeated. That's kind of where we're headed. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, Seattle obviously had an, an old-school coach in Pete Carroll. He was very player-friendly, but certainly uh, it had been, been in the profession for decades and decades and decades. And so – Mike McDonald is a is a change. I think he's a good hire in the sense of Baltimore's defense was incredible this year, uh, and schematically, the you know people believe that he's on the cutting edge of, of where defense is going in the league. Uh, in Seattle, I you know that's what they pride themselves on. Can they figure out the offense? Can he find a quarterback? You know, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I think it's an intriguing hire. What's been so crazy to me are the ones that haven't gotten hired. Uh, ben Johnson. Bobby Slowick, obviously Belichick, Vrabel, Quinn. There's only one job left now in Washington. And uh, what, it, what it tells me is that potentially the 2025 carousel could be pretty wild again because there's a lot of great candidates that are probably going to have nice years coming up and are only going to have stronger resumes. Yeah, I'm not surprised that Mike McDonald got a job and, and the fact that the Seahawks were willing to wait until after the Super Bowl if the Ravens had made it that far, that means that they knew who they wanted. Uh, they obviously like defensive head coaches because they had Pete Carroll previously. But, Frank, I think the biggest surprise is is if Vrabel is left at the altar. I, Belichick, yeah, you could, you could say he's 
got the Sixer Bulls and all that, but I don't think that many people are going to be surprised if he doesn't get a job, considering only one team was interested in him all along. But Mike Rabel is going to potentially not get a job, and if he does get a job, it kind of seems like it's the job that nobody else wanted. Yeah, I'm very surprised Mike Rabel's out there. But if you look at the hires, they're all undefeated. Raheem Morris is because he, but it was. But he's it's been a, a while. Yeah, and it's almost like he's a new yeah. coach. You know? It's almost and, like we've taken the yeah. whiteboard eraser. <laughs> right, right. He, he's and Harbaugh's one. done it before. Yeah, and, uh, but other than Harbaugh, it looks like it, it's all the undefeated guys. And, and I, um, and, and by the way, you're right. I mean, McDonald, Mayo, Raheem Morris, um, uh, Antonio Pierce, all defensive guys. That, that, I'm telling you, it's a copycat league, and I get the impression people – Wanted, uh, they went from wanting to hire Andy Reid to now wanting to hire John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin. Tough, defensive-minded, relates to the players because he's tough, defensive-minded. That's who's getting jobs. And, again, sometimes you try and read too much into the trends. Sometimes people just hire the best guy, who they think is the best guy. But kind of our job is to talk about these trends, and it's the young, tough-nosed defensive guys. Yeah, and it, it does make me wonder a little bit about is there – because, again, I don't know why there, there would be a defensive trend. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. They're impeccable offensive-minded head coaches. So, yeah, I, I think, is it that? Is it Are these owners' salaries are starting to balloon for these coaches? Uh, we're seeing, you know, Peyton's making close to $20 million in Denver. I'm sure Belichick commanded that in New England and, and would have in, in, in his next job. Harbaugh is getting, what, the report is $16 million a year yeah, or something yeah. to that effect. There was a report that Ben Johnson was looking for $15 million a year, and that was one of the reasons that uh, he went back. So it makes you wonder, the defensive guy, it, it makes you wonder if some of this is from a cost standpoint. You know, now I, I don't think Seattle has any real ownership issues, although I, I think they're going through maybe some, some changes with that in light of uh, – uh, Paul Allen's heirs, but but regardless, it, it does make me wonder: Is it I don't want to spend sixteen million on Mike Vrabel when I can spend five on Mike McDonald? So I, it does make me wonder. You know, these are these are businessmen and women, and you know, it's you know, if Brian Callahan's probably going to come a lot cheaper than a lot of other established coaches. So anyway, it it makes me wonder a little bit about. Uh, about if uh, coaching salaries played into this at all, because it really seems like in the NFL in the last probably two to three years, the salaries have just ballooned. Like if you were making $5 million to be an NFL head coach five years ago, you were doing well. Mm -hmm. Now that's a penance compared to what the top guys are making. And and so it it makes me wonder if some of the owners out there are like, hey, hang on a second. Uh, I'm not sure I'm, I'm willing to invest, you know, 60 million over four years on particularly a a guy like Ben Johnson who's never done it if in fact that report's true it seems crazy to me that an offensive coordinator would ever be able to name his price if it's astronomical because he hasn't done it before like Harbaugh naming his price okay but Ben Johnson naming it and then also you're gonna make more as the head coach no matter where you go than you are as the offensive coordinator yeah you're right hey I think you might be on to something that that not only are you not only are you paying these these head coaches ridiculous dollars, but then you're firing them in two years and paying a buyout, and then paying the next guy ridiculous dollars. So maybe they've had enough of that. I mean, to your point, I mean, you think about it. Maybe that's maybe you know what I mean. Maybe that's what. Maybe maybe not. Oh, dang. I mean, we're going to give the guy uh, to get him. We got to pay him eleven million a year, and 
And, oh, by the way, when he fails in two, because we're firing him faster than ever, right? So that, that may be something to do. So we'll talk about that. All right, the other topic I want to get to today, I told Matt Hayes just a minute ago. We are done with the NCA enforcement staff. I, I think the one thing that ended it might have was the North Carolina case a couple years ago when they clearly were cheating. They created a class that didn't even exist. They, they created a class, African-American studies, I think it was called, that nobody went to class. There was no instructor. There was literally no class. And they, the players just got credits for it. And because their attorneys were so good, they got off. The, the attorneys kept finding flaws in the AC, in the NCAA's ability to prosecute. Well, they argued that yeah. other regular members of the student body right. took the phantom class. Right, right. So Even though how the class were the didn't athletes exist. given? Right. Yeah. Right. So basically, it was sort of smart. It was like, hey, pull, you know, yeah. seven or eight other kids on campus Not into athletes. this, and we'll give them a good grade. And and it's just, uh, yeah. But you're right. That was uh, that was that was a really bad look for them. But NCAA. I think that's what started. So, yeah. but I, but because here's the other thing. I'm going to get to this later on in the program too, Lauren. Here's what's happened now in the political world. Now the Vogue thing is for political guy. Quite often went to school there. But even if he didn't, we've seen it in the state of Florida. Yes, we have. We, we, we've seen it with Ashley Moody. We've seen it with Ron DeSantis. We've seen now political person now goes to bat for the school. And now if you don't, by the way, all political, you know what political people want? Re-election. Well, now if you don't, you're not getting reelected because because wait till, wait, till, wait till in a week when Arkansas gets hit, and two weeks after that when Michigan gets hit, and three weeks after that when Washington State gets hit. If those politicians don't back, well, why did the Tennessee guy did, the Florida guy did, why don't we have a representative? That, they're all going to do it because now you have to do it to keep up, and that's what's happening in the political. That's how politics has worked its way into the college sports realm, and, it, and it's, it's not going to stop. Yes, and also because everyone thinks the NCAA is a joke. Right. And, and, so, that. and and there's that. So that also is a, well, why would we waste our time obeying the laws of an organization that we don't think has any validity anymore? Yeah, yeah. So, so, but I, so, so we'll talk all about that. I've got a lot of things to talk about today on the program. Let's start, though, with some UNF basketball, college basketball. By the way, big Gator game tonight. We'll certainly get to that coming up in a bit as well. Uh, by the way, Lipscomb who UNF plays tonight, won, it, won in Tallahassee. Yeah. Now, FSU wasn't playing very well at the time, but that's not the point. The uh, UNF played there and didn't win. Uh, most ASUN teams can rarely win on the campus of a Power 5, particularly a Power 5 that's been good in recent years. So Lipscomb's pretty good. So we'll talk. We hope they track down our friend Matthew Driscoll uh, early on in the program, talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about college basketball. Gators have a chance tonight? They have a chance. I mean, I, I think Kentucky wins, but my guess is competitive – and then Kentucky pulls away late, wins by seven or eight. They absolutely have a chance just based off of how it went the first time. And I know that was in the O-Dome, so it's a little different when it's at home. But when you play that well against a team that good, you have confidence. And if a few things go right for Florida, yeah, I think they can win. I'm not sure they can win. I think they can. I shouldn't say can. I think it's very unlikely. But there is a modicum of confidence developing. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm, the, the, absolutely. There, there's this... Not just with there's this belief. I mean, I, I can tell you. I mean, that's a. I mean, I mean, this is uh, Jay Billis on the call tonight. I mean, ESPN thinks it's going to be a pretty good game. I, I think when you 
when you I mean so and it's it's the eight o'clocker. It's not one of those nine o'clock that you missed the first eight minutes because <laughs> Michigan State and Minnesota haven't wrapped up. It's not this one of those. The worst. Yeah, it's not one In of the those. bottom right. They've yeah. got it in yellow. Yeah, this game it's is so great. How much it annoys him. Huh? Yeah, oh, it, it I, annoys I, I, I almost have gotten to the point yeah. where I pull for it to happen <laughs> because I know how much it annoys. I just drives me insane. I just want to fight somebody. And now the new thing. Okay, since you brought it up, let me tell you the new thing happened. You go to the app. And the game hasn't started yet yeah. on the app. Correct. It, it says game hasn't started yet. Right. Well, you're wrong, dumbass <laughs> yeah. app. It has started now because because it's Twitter. It, yeah. I can see the score. Correct. And yeah. so 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 the app gets it wrong. So now I want to fight somebody. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's why you went in person. That's right. You know, that was so a I noon didn't start, but you so you actually wouldn't have missed anything. But either way, that's not the point. So I didn't, so I didn't have to deal with that. So by the way, South Carolina has beaten. Top seven Kentucky and top five Tennessee. Yeah, how about that? And seven Tennessee on the road. Yeah. So if South Carolina can do it, Florida can 100% do it. But South Carolina well, and Georgia good. Tech beat yeah. North Carolina. I don't on the same yeah, night. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's it can certainly happen. Kentucky's a five and a half point favorite, so it's not like yeah. it's you know 13, but uh, but it's gonna be tough. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, our friend Matthew Driscoll joins us. Uh, he'll tell you, he'll be scrambling up those eggs, getting ready for the nap, uh, getting ready for a big game against Lipscomb. We're live at the UNF Arena. Let's talk. Uh, with the coach after this on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Hey, welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks. Our pleasure welcome in our buddy, Matthew Driscoll. He's getting the eggs in the nap ready. How are you? Eggs ready? You ready or what? what well, doing? I just got done whisking them. I'm actually interested. Are, are you guys a whisk whisker? Or do you guys use a fork when you whisk them? And then I'm also curious. I don't add anything except eggs. Some people like to put some milk cheese. in and yada, yada, yada. Like, no, no how cheese? do you make yours? No cheese for you? You're No cheese? No, no, like no, no, oh. no, no. Okay, I mean, so we, uh, I don't know how I make it because my wife does it. <laughs> But I can tell oh, you that's she a does. bad answer. But but that's an honest answer. But but there is cheese in it, Matthew. So I can tell you. So I don't know the answer to the first question. Cheese to the second. You don't think I did well on that answer, though? Is that's what we're dealing with here? I, I, I'm not judging you. I'm just curious. <laughs> is anybody a fork whisker, whisk, whisker, or do you guys whisk them with a whisper? I use a fork, and because yes. I'm gonna only yeah, just do, go do it real quick, and then I'm cheese and salt and pepper. Cheese. See, we're two. There's two cheeses, Matthew. Hayes, jump in here. Well, I whisk. I whisk everything. Okay. Uh, so, uh, big whisker and, uh, and and a little dash of milk, okay. some pepper, right. and absolutely. So you fluff it up a little bit, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Light <laughs> and fluffy. Very fluffy. That's right. Very, very fluffy. Um, hey, uh, Matthew, was was Cheslin here supposed to be this good? I mean, this good. He's really good. So, so yeah. Uh, so the answer to your question is yes. We always thought he was this special. We believed in him way more than he believed in himself. But also, too, you know, when you have certain dudes in front of you, it's kind of hard sometimes to kind of get out of that whatever that looks like. Yeah. And many times we asked him to, you know, because Jose went down with injury and Carter went down with injury and during his career. But it seemed like the light bulb never went on until the last five games last year. And then, of course, once Jose and Jarius decided to leave and Carter graduated, we just brought him in and said, listen, like, like this is your deal now. Like, all that stuff you saw those guys going through from a leadership role or from a it's-your-team kind of thing, like, it's your team. And to his credit, he loved it. He, he's always been a worker. So let's, 
let's get that out there. He's always been – I remember when he was here for COVID his freshman year, he would never play. And after every game, he'd play one-on-one with another kid after the game. And we'd be done with our staff meeting and media. And we'd be getting ready to leave. And he would be out there drenched, playing one-on-one, always trying to get better, always trying, which a lot of kids don't do. And so I'm really a believer. Obviously, you guys know it. that I, I really believe that in my life and your life, I'm sure, because of where you guys are, that you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if you sow, you know, they see just like everything else, if you sow, you know, not so well, then you're not going to reap well. And that kid just kept on keeping on. And um, mom's a psychologist. Dad's a 1,300-point score at Lipscomb, who we played tonight. And um, so his pedigree, mom played at Elkhorn State, so his pedigree's really good as well. Plus the other thing, too, Frank, he's got size and athleticism. Yeah, he does. And I think that – you know, he's a little bit different than, like, it was either the Dallas Moore, Jose type guys, or it was the Carter and the Garretts and the Bows and the, the, the six, 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 seven, six. You know, we really haven't had Jalen Nesbitt was a really good six, five player for us, but nothing like Chaz is doing. So, yeah, it's it's really cool to see and, and really happy for him. And, and um, um, you know, just, and he's from Nashville, obviously. And so, so um, uh, that that's always a cool thing when you're playing a team from your hometown. You mentioned Lipscomb, most efficient offensive team in the ASUN. You obviously know that. How do you prepare for them defensively? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's been a dog fight between us two. You know, they're one one week and we're one one week and then they're one one week and they you know, it's if you look at if you look at the statistics, you know, they're pretty pretty even across the, the line. The one thing that they're doing uh, better than us. Um, is they're making uh, free throws at a higher percentage than us, and they're actually getting to the line more, which is something that we really talked about as a staff as well, too. So when you prepare for a team like this that has that many guys, you know, we basically tell the guys, it's like playing against us every day in practice. You know, we got so many dudes that can shoot the rock and so many guys that can, that can do so many different things and be efficient. That's why our offense is flowing the way it's flowing. And so that's one of the good things now one of the bad things is you know they also have more guys that actually put the ball on the floor and put the ball put their head down and actually try to get to the rim and and play at the rim and then if they can't they they do other things but so that is is different than us and so that's something that we have to be alert to as well too and then the other thing is you know we're there's seven turnovers a game and we're nine so usually the most efficient teams are also the ones that don't turn it over as, as much and so that's something that you know, we really have to, you know, so last year, just so you know, the final score was 114-111. Hmm. And, 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 and double overtime. I think it was 92-92 at regulation. And so Coach Bird, the greatest coach in, that's ever been in this league from Belmont, he used to call those things a pillow fight. And so sometimes when a pillow fight breaks out, you know, whoever has the best pillow or sometimes, you know, has the best swing <laughs> Uh, sometimes catches you off guard. They're the ones that are going to win. So um, uh, statistically, this game is going to, you know, it kind of shapes up to be one of those games where there's going to be a lot of offense. Matthew, you guys have made 29 more threes than any other team in, in Division One, and obviously that takes an incredible amount of skill. But what kind of unselfishness does it take for everybody to have a piece of that? Well, I, I think it's a couple fold. Number one, um, it's also like, 
we're shooting, I think, 43% in the league. And so I think the guys have really understood that that's something that we recruited to. That's something that we're gifted at. And so sometimes it's, I love the question because I think sometimes the selfishness is actually taking the shot. Mm-hmm. Because early on in the season, guys just didn't understand some of that. And so they were actually taking either more difficult shots or we were passing up threes that were really good shots. And then it ended up being a late shot clock situation. And so now you try to get a better one, right? We always talk about good, better, best. Um, never let it rest to your good's better and your better's best. Tim Duncan's grandmother. And then so when you think about that, like a best shot, there's so many guys that can shoot the ball that we've got to be. We, we, all, we just always call being locked and loaded being locked and loaded and make sure. And so it, it, we really have a unique group. I, I, I could tell you a story, but I can't today, but I will someday. We got a unique group um, that really, truly, you know, there, there's something in Corinthians 13, 13 that says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And when you, when you officiate enough weddings, you know that first. And <laughs> like, so, 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 but when you think about that love, our guys truly love each other. So sharing the sugar and seeing other guys have success, it's something that they actually really, really, really love to see, and it's encouraging um, within our program. So I think that's one of the reasons why we were had the success we've had is because we've had that kind of mindset. As it, and take, you know, Oscar Barry is a forty percent shooter back to back years in college basketball, and we got to take him out of starting lineup because he's not shooting the ball. Right. And so, like, you know, it's it's just one of those things that it just it's a beautiful thing to watch, and we we've recruited to it but we just got to shore some things up defensively. And that's the thing a lot of people don't understand. On the flip side of that, we're making whatever we're making. Let's say 12 threes a game, whatever it is we're making in the league. But also, too, we're the best three-point defensive team in the league. We've only given up 42 or 43, whatever it is, and 31% or whatever it is. So, in my opinion, whatever you are on offense, that's what you should be on defense. So, if you're layups and dunks and wide-open threes, then you should take away layups and dunks and wide-open threes. And that's – what we try to build our program on. We just haven't been as good in the last couple of years, even with Jade Parker. We haven't been as good um, um, as we were with what did as having that rim protection. Dorian does the best he can, but, but we, we just got to keep raising that bar. Is it harder? Dorian's a good player, by the way, and, but, but he's not a five. Is it harder when nobody has a five anymore, it doesn't feel like that, Matthew. Am I, am I overthinking that? It, there's, there's no fives anymore, are there? I mean, it feels that. Well, Cozart from from Eastern Kentucky the other You're night. You're right. Um, You're right. Um, but 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 what we did was, you know, we it's like coach had to take him out of the game because we were making him guard the three point line, and then and then we were putting him into switch situations, and he had to guard Chaz, and, and obviously that's not that's that's not favorable. And so, you know, if you want to play a guy like that, um, you can. But it's actually more in spurts. You know, Zach Eadie's a he's an anomaly. Like he's an outlier. Right. Um, uh, but but like it's just you know when you put six seven six eight six nine Carter Hendricksons and right. and guys like Wajid that can dribble pass and shoot Dorian can dribble pass and when you put those kind of guys and here's the early, and here's the early thing too you got to be able to guard a dude right so you know Dorian strong enough athletic enough. I remember this Frank when we beat Purdue in twenty um, 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 fourteen. Right. They had three seven-footers, and they could not handle Bebe and Chris. Right. Like, Bebe and Chris were just so quick and so agile that when they tried to post them up, 
they were getting around him and getting tips, and they were making him uncomfortable, and they were pulling the chair out on him, and they were trying to back him in, and they were stumbling. And, and so sometimes I think it's better for a five to go against a five, if that makes sense. It makes. I, I remember. Was it Romello Banks? Am I getting the name right? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Better when he came. You were better when he came out of the game. And that's no knock on him. But he was six eleven, two fifty. God, he had yeah. an NBA body. 100%. But you were better. But you were better when he came out of the game, right? I think. Yeah. It just, when when we used him and we were able to use him versus another guy like him, it was really really good for us. It was a bonus for us. But then when they started going small or they started going four guards and, and a small forward. Yeah. Now it became more difficult for him, and it. So I mean, when zone, that's why we were so good at zone, because you can also picture poison and say, okay, like Eastern Kentucky, like okay, we don't want Cozart guarding Chaz, then we're gonna have to play zone, and then right. you play zone against us. Now there's a chance you're gonna give up even more threes. So it's just a, it, it's just, a, it, it's just a way in which you know, it's like it's a chess game. You know that it's a chess game. You just got to be able to put your pieces in the right place and. And, and make sure. By the way, since we just said that, that's a good segue. So, what's your favorite piece on the chessboard? The queen. I haven't played. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Non-queen. 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 So, Lauren, you're out. No queen, Lauren. No queen. No queen. Don't they have a knight? Is there a knight? I haven't played chess so long. Give me the knight. That's my favorite. My favorite tonight. Okay, good, good. I, I have no idea what's what the yours, knight does. It's, knight, uh, knight, knight goes up two and over one, or up three and over one. What's, yeah, the, what's my yours? My answer was the queen. Yeah. Uh, no, hey, you hey, can't Matt. have the queen. So change your <laughs> yeah. answer. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the king. That's fine. You're only yeah. You can only move one step, so you about to die. <laughs> hey, you like hey, the what's double yours? checker, right? You like the double checker, right? The yeah, that's the, okay. exactly. Uh, I'm gonna what's go yours, with hey? the pawn. I'm going to go with the pawn because I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> no, it, there's no right or wrong answer. No, you're, I, I know. You're, I'm teasing. I like the one that you go di- di- diagonal. What the is bishop. that? The, uh, you that like the bishop. Give me the yeah, bishop. You like the bishop. It's you. Yeah. You. For, the, for the four times I've played chess in my life. <laughs> good, exactly. Good, Cap- good Catholic here. answer. Good Catholic answer. Good Catholic answer. <laughs> hey, uh, before we let you go, what are the keys tonight? Obviously, Lipscomb's got a good, a good team, and, and they, uh, they, they won at FSU. They've had some good moments this year. Uh, yeah, they're really a lot good. of years. Yeah, what's key tonight, Matthew, to win the game tonight? Len- Lenny and I go back a long way. Their head coach, uh, back to the ni- late '90s when I was at Clemson, he was a uberly successful Division II coach. Um, I tell you a funny story. In 2005, they were playing St. Edwards in Austin, Texas, and that was the year that the NCAA, as part of their sanctions with us, decided that we shouldn't be allowed to play a non-conference. So we practiced for like 110 straight days with not playing any games until January 11th. And so I had a night off, obviously, and they were in town November 19th. So I went down and was a manager and gave the guys towels and water. And, and so we go back a long, long, long way. They're really, really good. And the thing about them is you can't let them get comfortable on, on offense. You can't let them get into rhythm. And that's the one thing we've got to do a really good job is making sure their offense is very rhythmic. And then they got guys that really understand the way in which the wheel works. And they, they can just put different guy after different guy after different guy after different guy. And they all understand it's a, it's a hybrid version of what, of what Princeton used to be. And so, you know, we've really got to make sure that we're able to, 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 to break up that rhythm and make sure that. And then the second thing is we've got to play fast. Like, they want to play fast. Just like when Kennesaw State came in here 
they were the fastest team in America. We wanted to be faster. And then Queens was the fastest team in America, and we wanted to play. Same thing with these guys. So we've got to do a good job uh, breaking up their rhythm on defense, you'll see, tonight. And then the other thing is we've got to play We got to play with great pace. You know, we like to call it Fast and Furious, just like the movie. So that's the music we like to play during that time. So, so those would be the two biggest things that we have to make sure we take care of. Matthew, get your nap in. Thanks for spending some time. Good luck tonight, man. We appreciate it. It's, it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, we got to make sure that we get the eggs eat first, so they're going down right That's now. Exactly right, eat those eggs. We'll talk to you soon, Matthew Driscoll. Thank you, Matthew. You, we appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Matthew Driscoll, the uh, head coach at the University of North Florida. We'll take a break. More in a moment. Live from UNF Arena. After this, the Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. is almost finished. Welcome back to the Frenchie Show live at UNF Arena. Seven of the eight jobs have been filled. The Washington Commanders will be the last one standing. The Patriots ended up with Gerard Mayo. He was an in-house candidate. The Titans hired Brian Callahan from the Bengals. The Panthers went with Dave Canales. The Falcons chose Raheem Morris. The Seahawks most recently chose Mike McDonald. The Raiders went with interim head coach Antonio Pierce, and the Chargers chose Jim Harbaugh. I think most people, Frank, would expect Harbaugh's going to do the best because of the situation he walks into, the quarterback and all those things. What do you think? All right, first of all, um, the Seahawks shouldn't have, high, shouldn't have signed Mike McDonald. They should have gone with either Patrick Simmons or Tom Johnson. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> 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 okay, feel better now. Um, just had to get it out. Hey, stay with yeah, me. Yeah, okay. that was good. Michael okay. McDonald sings for the Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers were on Old Rock Thursday last week. If you missed it, Frank and I both don't really like I Michael like McDonald. The, I like the Tom Johnson, same Patrick here. Simmons. Doobie's better. Tom, who do you like better? Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom's with us. So it's, uh, and Hayes saw him one time, and he was uh, so wasted he didn't know. They were yeah, I think they're all awesome. He said they were all good. But shout um, out to the police officer who looks just <laughs> like Michael McDonald. <laughs> uh, Harbaugh will be the most successful guy uh, because, A, I think he's the best coach of this group so far. B, he inherited the best situation. He's got Justin Herbert. He should be the best. Hayes, after that, which of these hires intrigued you, excites you like that you like? And I know Washington hasn't hired a guy yet, but who's who's – if you take Harbaugh off the ballot, mm-hmm. which one of these do you like more than others, maybe? I'll say Raheem Morris does the second best job. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say that Mayo, Pierce, and McDonald and Callahan are dis- not disasters, but will be fired within three years. Okay. What about you? I think Raheem Morris walks into a really good situation as well. The Falcons could end up with a guy like Justin Fields as quarterback, for instance. And then they've got all those weapons they can add to it. I think he's also a really good coach. I know he understands what it takes to be a head coach since he's done it before. I think the the most surprising one, and we've talked about this, was the Panthers going with Dave Canales. I feel like he kind of came out of nowhere, the the Bucks offensive coordinator. And the Titans going with Brian Callahan. I, I guess I'm not quite sure how they think they went from Vrabel, a really, really, really good head coach proven in the NFL, to a guy that's better than him in a former Bengals offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I, I the, the Vrabel stuff notwithstanding, that's the one I, I've said it enough times. That's not like a broken record. That's the one I, I don't really get. I didn't think Bill Belichick was, was a great hire. His teams weren't very good for a while now. Mike Vrabel, I thought, just things got fouled up for him. I think he'd be a good hire. But, but nonetheless, I'm intrigued with Antonio Pierce. I think players responded to him. I think they have a decent team. 
they got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. You know, is Garoppolo going to be healthy? Are they going to get a guy? But I like the vibe from him. I think there is some Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel. I think there's some of that in him. I think that I think players will. I think I think players are going to respond to him. I like the fact that he's leaning on Tom Coughlin. I don't care if Tom's old school or not. Tom thing knows a thing or two about building this thing. Um, I like Antonio Pierce. I, I that is a real under the radar hiring, you know, because he was already there and he was the interim. And they just promoted him. Uh, the the guy that gets the least attention always in a carousel is the interim guy that got promoted because there's there's this feeling that well they couldn't find anybody so they just gave him the job. That's always the feeling when an interim guy gets it. I think he's more than that. I think I I think my guess is this: the Raiders would have had some interest in Jim Harbaugh. I heard them connected enough times that I think there's probably some 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 fire where there was that smoke. But if they couldn't get him, I think this was their guy all along. I'm intrigued with what I think he'll be. Yeah, I mean, he's already got the team to buy in. That's uh, super important. The challenge for Antonio Pierce in this offseason is you kind of had the benefit of how much they all despised Josh McDaniels. So they galvanized behind Pierce. Very good point. Because of what a colossal moron Josh McDaniels (laughs) is, obviously. And so I think that now you lose a little of that, and now your opponents, particularly in your division, can now really study and lock in on Antonio Pierce – what does he like to do? What doesn't he like to do? And he may survive that. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's going to be a different element. And I think the Raiders made the right choice. I mean, to me, it'd be tough after what they did the last time with Basachia to and choosing McDaniels, who ended up being such a failure. I, I think Mark Davis owed it to his stars to say, look, you're telling me that you want Antonio Pierce. That's what we're going to do here. Uh, I just, I just wonder about schematically, uh, and in, in being in such a difficult division, how it'll go for Pierce. So, uh, and I think they've got issues. Garoppolo's not going to be there. Aiden O'Connell isn't the answer. He's not very good. So again, a lot of this is, you know, what kind of cards are you dealt? You know, I mean, and and I, I, there are there is some talent on the Raiders, but if they don't figure out quarterback then Antonio Pierce isn't going to have much of a chance in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we'll see what Sean Payton can, can you know, cultivate in Denver. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question is what do some of these guys have at quarterback? Pierce, you just went through their situation. What do the Patriots do? I would assume in, as with as high as they pick that they're drafting a quarterback. How successful is that quarterback? Let's say it's Drake May. Is Drake May going to be a good NFL quarterback? And if he is, how quickly does that happen? I doubt we'll see another C.J. Stroud type of year from any of the rookie quarterbacks. Brian Callahan, he's got Bryce Young. We saw him in live here in Jacksonville. He certainly did not look good, but if they improve the offensive line and he gets a little more comfortable, you know what happens with him moving forward? We talked about the Falcons. We're not sure, we're not sure who that quarterback is going to be. And the Seahawks, I think, are they going to keep going with Geno Smith or do they look elsewhere? Yeah, there's, there's, I can tell you this. There's a lot of question with, the, with what the young coaches are going to do. because Not always, but usually if you're a young coach, you're taking over a team that has a questionable quarterback situation because if it didn't, they wouldn't have gotten rid of the previous coach. So almost every new coach that takes over, Harbaugh was an exception. They had a pretty good quarterback situation. That's why I took the job, all right? So he's, he's an exception. But, but Brian Callahan, I don't know if Levis is their guy. They brought him in to make Levis their guy. But that's certainly up for grabs now. Dave Canales, Bryce Young looked horrible here. 
You know, and and again, he's he's got to be their guy. That's who they want to be their guy. Your point about Mike McDonald, I don't. Who is? What are they going to do? You know, Geno Smith. Geno Smith had a nice resurgence, and that's good. But Geno Smith isn't the guy you're building anything around, right? I mean, no. you, so 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 they've got to figure out what they're going to do. What's Gerard Mayo going to do? Is it Mac Jones? Is it? They'll, Jesus I guy? think they'll take a quarterback very. Early. Is it your guy, Bailey Zappi? Is it? <laughs> it's not. I just wanted to say it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like so you me. so you could say that. <laughs> I always, Thank you. Uh, I always appreciate yeah, the yeah, opportunity. Yeah. I don't. They I don't, pick third, right? I hate the to Patriots? get on. I hate to get on you for missing your cue. Yeah, please right, do better. Right, right. Yeah, um, I'll do my best. <laughs> the uh, uh, do they pick third? Yeah. So 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 they'll draft a quarterback. So but but you see my point. These new coaches, mm-hmm. Antonio Pierce among them, have to deal with new Ray Morris. Yeah, what, New England. What, what, what yeah. are they going to do? Well, it, that's that's a big one. And, and Fields would be intriguing if Chicago does decide to move him. Atlanta, to me, is the one that really has to go get a quarterback, whether it's in the free agent market. I would pay Kirk Cousins $45 million if I'm Atlanta. I'd bring him in. He was playing magnificent football the last two years prior to the Achilles injury. You bring Kirk Cousins in with the weapons Atlanta has. I think you. Uh, I think in that division, I think you have a chance to really make a, a strong run at the thing. Uh, but even if you don't get Cousins, like I think Gardner Minshew in Atlanta, uh, I think you can win 10 or 11 games in that division with Gardner Minshew distributing the ball to those weapons. So Atlanta, I think, is attractive. I mean, I think it's – if you're a free agent quarterback, I think you have to hope it, it kind of works out for uh, Atlanta first. So I think they start there. And, you know, again, Fields certainly could be an option as well. But – Atlanta feels like, you know, they're one quarterback away and they'd be an enviable spot to get to if you're a quarterback like Cousins who's going to have his pick of five or six clubs. I just don't know if you're the Vikings why you'd let him go because we know how difficult it is to land the quarterback that can yeah. be successful. But they've let him go. They, right. Yeah, He's right. a free agent he is. who can't be tagged. Yeah. So, I mean, he yeah. is out. Now, they could, I mean, again, it, they could offer him the most money and I think if they do that, he'll stay in Minnesota, but... Uh, but yeah. I, I think they're going to have stiff competition. Uh, here's what I think. I think because I hear you. He's he's really good, and they've got a decent team built around him. They got maybe the best young receiver in the league, or if not the best receiver in the league. But sometimes it's time for the next guy. You know, we say that about coaches all the time. I think it probably applies with quarterbacks too. Some, you know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't mean the guy wasn't good. It means it might be time for the next guy. And I and I get the sense. Whether I agree with it or not, you don't agree with it, Lauren. I'm not sure I do either. But I get the sense that might be where they are. You know what I mean? I, See, I, I, don't thought, know. I thought they were loving him the well, last couple of seasons. Oh, I don't seasons, know that they don't. But, I, I but, mean, you but read, to Hayes' point, they let him go. But yeah, in this yeah. offseason, it was all the talk yeah. of what are the Vikings yeah. doing Kirk Cousins. And so. Kevin O'Connell is a really good quarterbacks guy, real highly regarded quarterbacks guy. Made his name as a quarterbacks guy more than a coordinator. He's a quarterbacks guy. That, that's, his, that's his reputation. Yet he hasn't had that young guy to work with yet. I mean, Cousins about his age, you know. So, I mean, so, yeah, I, c- I could see something new there, which, to Hayes' point, makes Kirk Cousins really attractive to a lot of teams that are close. That's, that's been your point all along, whether it's the Steelers, the Falcons, pick right. your team. Your point all along has been he's really attractive to a team that's a quarterback away, right? There's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, he, he's 36. He should have three more really strong years left. Kind of a young 36. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, obviously he, his style is more old school than he's not going to give you a lot on the ground, but uh, in terms of decision-making and accuracy, I mean, he's he's fantastic. and. So Kirk Cousins would make a lot of sense. If you're a team that believes you have a good core, you're a quarterback away. Uh, Cousins, to me, is is head and shoulders the guy. But, again, I think Gardner Minshew uh, could be somebody that can get you, if particularly in the NFC South, 
could get you to 10 or 11 wins. With Pittsburgh, it'd be a little more difficult because that division's so much harder. But I, I think he's better than Kenny Pickett. If you were the Patriots drafting so third. So are you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, assuming the Bears take Caleb Williams, so he's off the board. Would you select Drake May or Jaden Daniels? Drake May. Drake May, even though he didn't have a very good year, and Jaden Daniels is today's guy. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a good player, but I, I, it's, it would scare me that he was great one year. Wasn't bad before, but he was great one year. That would scare me a little bit. Um, I think Drake May is going to be good. I, I know he didn't have a very good year this year. I'm not sure, so sure how good North Carolina was around him. Um, they were a disaster defensively, and that doesn't affect him. But I think Drake May is going to be a good player. I, I, I haven't lost any confidence that Drake May is good. What about you? I would take Jaden Daniels, but I like Drake May. And I, I think what's going to be intriguing if you're New England at three, and, and we'll, obviously we have two months to, to get to all these you know, storylines with the draft, but do you think about taking Marvin Harrison at three, and then do you come back at the top of the second with Knicks if he's there, Penix, you know, yeah. some guy like that. If there's a yeah. – you know, we'll have to see you know, what kind of quality this class provides. So far, the, it doesn't seem like, uh, other than Knicks and Penix, there's not much at the Senior Bowl uh, that I, I think would, would give you any uh, you know, top 40, top 35 vibes. But, uh, but, it, but in looking at it, Marvin Harrison is on such an unbelievable level that maybe do you try to, to do something like that. But, but ultimately, I think, it'll be, I think it'll be Caleb Williams. I think Drake May will go second, even though I would take Jane yeah. Daniels. And I think Jane Daniels goes third. Yeah, I can't imagine – with the league as quarterback-centric as it has ever been, that I can't imagine those three don't go one, two, three. As badly, as, as hard as it is to find quarterbacks. The same question you asked us. I would take Jaden Daniels. You would. He's, I know he's thin, uh, but he's, I think, the, the perfect style for today's league. And I mean, we saw him so many times do so much damage this season. I'll say this. He's a, he's a, He's a good passer. He's a great runner. I didn't realize how fast he was until I was it last year he started had, had those big runs against Florida. So, so we'll see. I'll take a break. Let's get into college basketball. Gators have a big one in Lexington tonight at Rupp Arena. How important would that be to Gator Nation? I will explain after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Frank Francis, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you tonight. Uh, the Gators go to Lexington, Rupp Arena, as it were. Florida is 1-9 in its last nine games against Kentucky. Interestingly, the last win was in Lexington in 2021. Kentucky leads the series 109-41. to Surprise it's not worse. Yeah. <laughs> and the game, I told, I've always told you the game I remember was the 81 game, the 102-48. Oof. Think about that. Let me make sure I get this score right. Yeah, 102 to 48. That was fun. Wow. That was a fun. Right after I got out of college. That was a fun. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fun. Yeah, 102 to 48. I think this I don't think Florida's going to win tonight. I think Kentucky's better and they're at home and, and all that stuff. But Florida's got a better team than we than some thought, at least better thought than I thought, too. Better team than I thought they were going to have. The nation needs this one. Gator Nation. Absolutely. You, you know, I mean, ap- apart from what it does for the for the basketball team's resume and the quad one win. And for all those reasons, obviously it's a gigantic game. It's not a disastrous game. If you lose it, it's not tragic, but it's a gigantic step forward. You go from, from uh, an then you're five and three and you've beaten Kentucky on the road and 
I'm not saying you're a top 25 team, but then you're knocking on the door and your net, you follow the net, it goes way up, right? So this Sure. South Carolina went up like 10 spots for that win yesterday. They yeah. went from like, they jumped Florida. They went from like 49 to 30 or 42. They, they, they went, went up 10 spots. Yeah. So, so the point is, the point is, this is a big game for all the obvious reasons. But the psychological reasons, the nation needs this. It's great that baseball and gymnastics and other sports are, are good. But you need you need football, and virtually nothing good's happened in football. It's great you have some recruits, and all the all we had we played the fine bomb cuts yesterday about how football's a disaster and he's not going to make it and there's no buzz. I don't I don't agree with him about the energy. You made a good point, Lauren. But 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 I get the point. Now here's basketball. Mike White, that didn't work, and Dodd Golden came in last year and they missed the tournament. And this year they they've been okay, you know, at times, but they're still lost a few. They've lost all their signature games. Right. Everyone. I mean, FSU's a rivalry game, and they won But that. it wasn't but at the time. Their, I agree. They've played yeah. six signature right. games, right. quad one games. And lost them all. And they've lost them all. But the nation needs this. Gator Nation. When's the last time Gator Nation could fist pump? I mean. 2015. I mean, it's been. I mean, <laughs> doesn't it feel that way? No, it's, so it's been brutal. For the Gator Nation to have a fist pump opportunity, this is about as big a one as they've had in a long time. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, again, I think Todd Golden is – showing signs that he is the long-term answer for the Gators. I, I like the club that he's built. I think they've I think they've underachieved a little bit, but I don't think that's on Golden. I think that it's a new group of players, and, and they're still trying to kind of find their peak, and I'm confident that they will, and maybe that starts tonight. I just think it, the history there is just so brutal for Florida. It's hard for me to believe that they're going to go in there against a Kentucky team that is playing – not elite basketball, but good basketball. It seems like Florida only wins up there when, like, Kentucky is having a down year or Kentucky's going through a rough patch. And so uh, you look at, again, we've talked about it, uh, Todd Golden and that offense, and they're averaging 85.4 points a game. That's eighth in the country. That's phenomenal. The problem, Kentucky scores about three, game, three points more per game uh, than the Gators do. So they're even more explosive. They're the best team in terms of transition offense, fast break, in the country, so Florida's transition defense tonight will decide this game. And uh, Florida has gotten better at the line since the last time they saw Kentucky, so hopefully that'll translate tonight. And, you know, they need a 17-20 kind of game at, at the foul line. But I, I just don't think they're going to get it done. I do think Florida is going to turn around and beat Texas A&M on the road to get their first quad one this weekend. And who knows, maybe they, they beat Auburn next week uh, in Gainesville to pick up a second quad one win. So I still think they're going to make the tournament, but I don't think it starts tonight. I think they lose a close game tonight and then uh, get hot from there. In Kentucky's last three games, it allowed 96 to Georgia, 61 in the second half alone, lost to South Carolina, and barely beat struggling Arkansas. So for a team that, yes, it's easy to talk about how good they are, and, and they always are, certainly at, under Cal and at home, I think there's certainly some vulnerabilities in this team and, yes, to your point, Frank, as far as Gator Nation is concerned, uh. I don't know the last time, other than being excited about DJ Lagway, that Gator Nation was like, look what we've got. I, I don't know the last time. Yeah, and I and I, just one fist pump moment, even if it doesn't lead to anything, it's just, there, there's yeah, look at what we've got. It's been a long time. And, by the way, I – I almost didn't go there with this tonight because I don't think they're going to win the game. I, I think, and I think it's a tough challenge uh, to win at, at Rupp Arena. It, it, and by the way, you ever been to Rupp? I have not. not. The Rupp Arena is, it's um, 
It's a really as the twenty thousand plus college arenas go, it's different than all of them. It is straight up and down. I mean, it it is. I've been there a number of times. It is, I mean, it is. It's like like like. The, I mean, now now now, Exact Tech's kind of like that, but it's not Rupp Arena. What's all, mm-hmm. I mean, it is very steep. The other college, like Tennessee Thompson Bowling, is not. It's a big kind of a like a coliseum, like like, like most coliseum and arenas are. They're not super steep. They're almost ov- they're oval. They they feel oval even inside. This isn't man. This is up and down. It's right. It's attached to a hotel downtown. You know, it's, that's where it's, it's downtown at a hotel. The Hyatt's right next to it. You walk over and you're there, and it's it is a hard place, man. It is a and when they're good, it's really hard. So it's a, it's a tough it's a tough place to get a win. But to your point, Lauren, Kentucky's not unbeatable this year, and Florida's got a little something in there that they can. Florida's interesting. Florida can play down and play up. Now most teams can do that. Florida, I would not would not have been surprised had Florida lost to Georgia Saturday. I did not think that was going to be an easy game and turned around and won at Kentucky. You know, I mean, they're kind of that team. They got to shoot. They got to make sure if they don't cuz as good as they are offensive rebounding, they won't they won't dominate the boards tonight. They no. might they, they they've been out rebounding teams. They're not going to dominate the boards tonight. So they got to shoot. They've got to make shots. Something Matthew Driscoll said is so true is sometimes the selfish play is to not shoot. We always think that anytime someone passes that means you're unselfish. Sometimes the unselfish play is to get the shot up because rather than make somebody else have to take a, a worse shot. And so they got to get shots up. One thing about Will Richards, he's getting his shots up. Will Richard is going to let it fly every time he's got to look. I think Clayton's more like that now. Seeing him in person, and I will tell you the other thing, by seeing them in person on Saturday, you can't imagine how big they are. I mean, you can't imagine how, how tall and long. I mean, Condon, I think, seven feet. They list him at 6'11". Yeah. I, I think he's. I, I think, think he's, that's a Noah where it's I like do the too. player doesn't want to be I do listed too. at seven, yeah. so put me at yeah. six eleven. Because I mean, I walk down there. I mean, hen, hen locked in seven one, and they're almost the same height. I mean, so I mean, I, I so I think I really think they've got two seven footers. In fact, when Samuel comes out this year, when he finished, he's a grad transfer, and they'll have hen locked in and Condon back. I think they'll start two seven footers. I think they'll. You know, you, have, you don't see that much anymore. No. But I think they'll start two seven footers together next year. So. So the key is, to the point you made about the the Georgia game, was it Georgia game or one of the games you made, Lauren? You got they got to shoot. You've got you get maybe it's Mississippi State. I think it's Mississippi State game. They got to shoot. If they shoot well, I think they're in the game tonight. Yeah, and then they got to keep making their free throws. Uh, they were better uh, against Georgia at that. But if Kentucky's going to send them to the line, you got to put it in uh, from the charity stripe. Look, I think. Will Richard might be the key to this season. I didn't see that early on. I thought it was one of the other guys. But if he plays well, he seems to inspire and, and elevate those around him. He is their shooter. He is He is their shooter. Um, and yeah. that one-handed dunk, I mean, that is when yeah, that's right. when your team yeah. is on fire. You know what hand logged in is from the free throw line? I do not. Do you? I do not. 60%? 31. Oh. <laughs> Micah hand logged in is 31% from the line. So he's better at shooting the three. Uh, he's right. He the he's thirty-one percent. And How I know many he's he taken. I don't know, but he's thirty-one percent. And I know he's and I know he banked one in. I know he's thirty-one. Yes, he did of, bank one in. And one of his one of his makes this year is a bank. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he should start shooting see, them. See, see, see how many he shot. I don't know how many he be, but because we were watching it when they had it on the screen. Hackalog. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> running the hackalog defense. I, I actually thought they were. It was a. It was a mistake when they said. Well, I thought Samuel was the worst one. He's he's, not, he's terrible too. He's but. right, but Han Lockton is thirty thirty one percent. Unless less has gone up. That's impressive. I mean, he's thirty one percent. What do you got over there, Brooks? What does he what for what? 
I see 36.4%. Okay, so he's gone up. I tell you. Okay, he's yeah. on a, He's now he on a run. He might be at 44% he's by this time next week. But I don't see attempts. I just see the percentage. Yeah, he I mean. Well, speaking of fouls, one thing that Florida is going to have to do tonight is keep their composure because you're going to get a tough whistle. Right. I mean, that's life in the SEC playing at Kentucky. So you're not. They're, you're going to have way more fouls than Kentucky. Uh, you're probably going to get a couple right out of the gate that are very ticky-tack. Uh, that could disrupt Golden's rotation, and Golden's going to have to, you know, maintain his poise with that. But you have to expect a tough whistle. If you don't end up getting it, great. But when you go there, you have to expect yep. that you're going to be playing minutes with players that maybe you're not counting on because guys are going to get two fouls you're in right. the first four minutes of the game It'll be that and game. have to sit for 15 minutes until half. You want to tell him what he is? Eight of 22. Eight of Ooh. 22. He's made eight. He's made eight. But so they've just been to be important, clear, just, important. If we he gave banked, you, just so you know, he yeah. banked in one of the eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if we gave you a case of beer, right? <laughs> blindfolded you, yeah. Spun you around, yeah. You could probably still beat. I that. could get to nine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you right now, I could get to nine. I Does Ashley get, Judd still go to the games? No, but I. Uh, I loved that though when she did. That me was so too. phenomenal. I remember I, one time going to Gainesville and having binoculars so that I could find her. One of my happiest moments ever in the O'Connell Center was uh, walking back into the back area, and uh, Florida's playing Kentucky, and she must have had VIP seating. Mm-hmm. And instead of going upstairs, she well, went back. Well, duh. duh. I walked in. I bumped into Ashley Judd and uh, said hi. She said hi, and my life was really complete. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they're, they're, I really – sometimes you need nothing else. Why doesn't she – I haven't seen her in anything yeah. in, like, 15 years. Yeah, this, and, and this was mid-'90s Ashley Judd, too. Yeah. Way. Okay. Mm. This was mid-'90s yeah. Ashley Judd. Well, I, I mean – I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I bumped into her mid '90s in the O'Connell Center. Yeah. It was one of the greatest moments ever. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was a phenomenal moment. Phenomenal. I mean, think about think about that. I, what else do you need? It's, uh, not much. You, you bump into Ashley Judd. A win. Should, That's uh, all you need. No, 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 no. Not. It's not as big as that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. If I could have a win tonight or bump into Ashley '90s <laughs> right. Ashley Judd right, right here, right there, that'd yeah. be a little different. We'll take a break. One moment. Ten ten seven eight two point five FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Welcome back to the Frangie Show. We are live here at UNF Arena. UNF plays host to Lipscomb. The game tips off at 7 o'clock. Frank Ranger hates Carline. I'm Lauren Brooks. RJ Summers back at Pennsylvania Excel headquarters. And Tom Champion making it all happen here. All right, gentlemen, I've got a list of the 10 best retired quarterbacks to never win the Super Bowl by uh, this list by Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports. So if you disagree with the list, blame Jeff. Don't blame me. 10 best. 10 best retired quarterbacks, obviously not including any active quarterbacks to never have won a Super Bowl. I think you can guess number one. Marino will be first. Marino that's, will be that's first. That's the obvious answer. Yes. All right. So who else do you have in the top ten? Best to ever. Uh, Dan Fouts will make that list somewhere. Dan Fouts made the list at number eight. Ding, okay. ding, ding. Okay. Um, to Surprised ne- he's not higher. Yeah. To never. Warren Moon could make that list. Ding, ding, ding. Warren Moon makes the list at number five. Okay. Um, to never win. Fran Tarkenton make the list? Fran Tarkenton makes the list at number two. Okay. Also a ding, ding, ding. Okay, that's four. To never win a Super And the reason he did this is Blaine Gabbard has a chance to get <laughs> off right, this right, list right. if uh, <laughs> the Chiefs win. Um, that's four. Hang on. Uh, to never win a Super Bowl. 
Those are there's the a there's a few that are fairly recent. If that okay. helps you. Okay. Okay. Fairly recent. Hayes, right. you want to guess any? I've got a couple. I'm okay. Throw, throw a couple out. You want me to throw a couple? Yeah. Out? Well, one of he was a Marino nemesis. Went there four times. Oh, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Jim oh. Kelly is number three on the list. Uh, well yeah. done. Right. Phil Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers right. is number four on the list. That's too high for him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, Fouts was better. There's than no, okay. there's no way he's four spots better. So, so all you so have so left so is it's a young guy that did the list. Six, seven, nine, and ten. I'm gonna lean on you on this one. Did Unitas? He one did. One? He did one. He okay. won seventy-one. He is not on the list. He, he won. He, he won in seventy-one, or okay. or he would be uh, number, number one, one on the list. Would he yeah. have tops Marino? Uh, well, this guy's is twelve who wrote the list, obviously. <laughs> if, if he's got I Phillip, don't think he's if twelve. He's got, if he's got Philip Rivers ahead of Dan Fouts, he's twelve. <laughs> But so so maybe <laughs> not on his list. Um, uh, so let me let me think. Um, never won best to never win a Super Bowl. How he looks he like he's forties. He's twelve. Um, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Let me think. Best to never win to never win. Um, we have four left, right? Yep, you have four left. Like I said, one of them is fairly recent, as far as the retirement is concerned. Yeah, a recently retired guy. Yep. No, I'm drawing a blank. You got anything else? Mm. We got six of the ten. Yeah. The one who's recently retired lost a Super Bowl to a very good quarterback. But he made it to the Super Bowl, but they lost. Rex Grossman. <laughs> lost, to, um, lost to Brady, obviously. Uh-huh. Drew Brees? No, he won one. No, uh, he won one. Um, who would have lost to Brady? Who would have lost to Brady? One of the best I mean, golf lost to Brady, but it can't be. Him. Led He's by a active. wide margin at the half. Oh, Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Ryan okay. is number nine on that's the a list. Bad list. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> list. <laughs> like I said, argue okay. with Jeff. Don't argue with okay. me. Um, All right, you got three more. Yeah, yeah. Th again. One is. Think, first of all, it's a good thing. It's a good thing United did win one because this guy's never heard of United. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one so of these guys is right. older. Okay. Um, Not Unitas age, but certainly older, way older than Matt Ryan. Okay. Um, and the other two are. So you got a seventies guy in between. Seventies, eighties guy in there. Um, mm -hmm. Seventies guy, seventies guy. Let me know if you want hints. I mean, Starbuck won Super Bowl. Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. I'm going through all the great guys. Stable won a Super Bowl. Um, Namath won a. Super Was there Bowl. a Vikings guy that didn't win one? Well, Tarkenton. But I mean, oh yeah, we got but, uh, There's a uh, Joe Cap. Won a Super Bowl, or he didn't win, but he wasn't great. Len Dawson won a Super Bowl. Um, I love the list, by the way. I mean, whether uh, Blake I Bortles. <laughs> whether I, whether I agree with it or not, it's a fun list. It, uh -huh. it really is a fun list. Um, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Give me an era. Give me all the air. one's a '70s guy. Okay. Yep. One's a '70s. Let's start. Guy. We're, we're missing number four. Nope. You are missing number six. Numbers six, seven, and ten. Okay. The tenth guy is the older guy that I'm talking about, and he is on TV every Sunday. Boomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boomers. I mean, this is <laughs> unbelievable. And on the list. Boomer Siason. Bo Boomer. Okay. <laughs> Again. Jeff wow. Kerr, everybody from CBS Jeff Sports, Kerr. not me. Jeff. He must have grown up a Cincinnati fan or in, something. Yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, uh, and then I'll give you. Do you want the teams? I mean, of by the, the, other by the way. I can name three Cincinnati quarterbacks that were better than Boomer. <laughs> right. Greg Cook was Greg Cook was better than Boomer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, these are in the nineties. Go ahead, tell me who they are. Uh, well, I'll just I'll give you the teams, and I think you'll get them. One's the Eagles, and one's the Oilers slash. Randall Titans. Cunningham's on this list. Nope. McNabb. Yep. Donovan <laughs> McNabb is number six, and yeah. number seven was Oilers slash Titans. Is the hint? 
McNair. Yeah. McNair. Steve McNair. Wow. So his list is Dan Marino, one, Fran Turkington, two, Jim Kelly, three, Philip Rivers, four, Warren Moon, five, Donovan McNabb, six, Steve McNair, yeah. seven, Damn. Dan Fouts, eight, Matt Ryan, nine, Boomer Sison, ten. So Fran Tarkenton and Dan Fouts. And 11 was Don Majakowski. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right, right. But Fran Tarkenton and Dan Fouts, the only guy on the list who didn't play in the 90s or beyond. The only guys. Yeah. Yeah, that whole Boomer. List. Did you say Boomer? Uh, you're right. Boomer didn't. But, uh, yeah, it's a bad list. But, but it, so would how, you, would your, how would your list well, go? Well, but it, you know what? Again, it's, it's, it really, I, I'm, I'm criticizing the guy, but if I had to think about it, it may be hard to come up with them because most of the older guys did win one. You know, but I uh, – But it, is he? does he have one through three, correct? Marino well, one, Tarkenton two, Jim Kelly three? Yes. Those okay. have no problem with the, I, those, okay. those three are certainly on there. But y'all wouldn't have Philip Rivers as high Phillip as Rivers, four. Well, I'd probably have – Fouts four. Fouts four, Fouts Moon okay. five, Fouts River four, six. Fouts okay. four, Moon five, River six. That's right. I'd, I'd have that too. And look, Philip Rivers is a really good player. So, yeah. But the I th- I, to me, forgetting about Jim Kelly – the two greatest quarterbacks to ever not win a Super Bowl were Dan Marino and Fran Tarkenton. They were there one and two, right? Yes. Yeah, they they and that, he got those right. And Jim Kelly belongs way up on that list. Yeah, he's guy. You know, now that I'm ripped him, he's probably done better. <laughs> Remember, Super Bowl only started in '67. They they didn't have a Super Bowl before '67, which is I mean. How did they decide the champion? Well, they had the, the, the league. They had a merged. committee. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they did they vote? The league, the the NFL and AFL the, weren't merged, so the NFL there was an NFL champion and AFL champion. And then the, in the but N- they didn't have a Super Bowl they, in they, each. No, they had a, they had a champion, the NFL championship game. Got in it. In fact, the uh, when did the AFL come around? 60, 61? Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't have an AFL until the early 60s. They just had the NFL, and the NFL championship was a big deal. I mean, the Packers won a the Packers won a bunch of NFL championships before the Super Bowl started. Right. So those and two like Cleveland and Detroit. Right. So Super Bowl weekend back then, did they have them the same? T- the NFL and the AF- AFL championships were those the same weekend? Well, again, the AFL I don't remember as much. You know what? It was again. I, I was born in '58. Yeah. So by the time I was eight or nine, they started having Super Bowls. So I don't really remember. But uh, but I, everyone knows the the legendary game was the Colts Giants, the Alan right. game when he ran, he, he dove over, and mm-hmm. that was that was a, that was an NFL championship game. The that's the, the ice bowl, right? No, no. The oh. ice bowl was Cowboys Packers. Oh yeah, yeah. But didn't that didn't the ice bowl lead to a Super Bowl or no? Maybe it was before the Super Bowl. The ice bowl was Packers Cowboys. It was Bart Starr diving in over Jerry Kramer mm-hmm. and the Cow- Packers beat the Cowboys. It was either That was the nineteen sixty seven NFL championship game. Then then the, the Super Bowl was after that then. then yeah. the, so that was the that was the first Super Bowl. That, that that's exactly what it was. So if what if I told you that there will be one quarterback Playing in this now. era yeah. that, that will win. not win one, who obviously hasn't. Who would you pick? Gosh, it feels like Josh Allen right now to me. Like the Bills just have this streak of making it I, close I, but not winning. I think Burrow's a better player than Josh Allen. Yeah, I do too. Because you're thinking you're, you're – They st- won't win it in their career. But Burrow yeah. might win it is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Josh Allen. Maybe Lamar. Maybe Lamar. Could know. be Lamar. Um, better not be Trevor. Because it, like, it feels like Burrow might win one. I mean, I think Joe Burrow's. I, st- I think Joe Burrow still might be the second best player. Do you? Yeah, I think I Joe. I think Joe Burrow's probably the second best guy. Yeah, it's we hard forget because about he's him been, he got hurt and he's been right. out. He's been injured twice now, right. like long term injuries yeah, twice yeah. now in his career. So some people at some point in time are going to factor yeah. that in. If Herbert didn't have Harbaugh, I feel like a lot of people would pick Herbert because of charging and things like that. It will be. I, I tell you what, we'll get to that as we start looking at the twenty four season. Herbert with Harbaugh is going to be really interesting. They might be really good. He's a – I'm telling you, he's a really good coach, man. He is a – he is a – I mean, I hate to say this. This is recency bias at the highest order. 
But there's a side of me that thinks I'm not going to say it now, but there's a side of me that thinks it won't be. We won't be long into the 24 season. If I ask you to rank the top five coaches, he's in it. I mean, he was an NFL coach. He did go to a Super Bowl. You know, so I mean, is that crazy to think that if I ask you the top five NFL coaches on October 12th, he might be in it? I don't think so because look at the turnover. You've lost Belichick and Pete Carroll. Right. So Rabel. Yeah. You've lost Rabel. Yeah. So it's going to be a little watered down yeah. than what it has been in years past. So, yeah, I think you can make an argument for that. I, I wanted to, th- since we're throwing out the Chargers real quick, this was amazing to me. So Daniel Popper wrote a story in The Athletic about the Chargers and their cap situation and, you know, what are they going to do. And, and I want to just point this out because – Jaguar fans get, I think, a little too worried about Josh Allen's number, and and it was it twenty is it twenty six million, twenty seven million a year. Well, these are the Chargers have managed to have a team with Khalil Mack counting thirty eight and a half million, Bosa thirty six and a half million, Mike Williams thirty two and a half million, and Keenan Allen thirty four point seven million on their cap. Wow. Wow. So it can be done. Yeah. Uh, they can sign Josh Allen, and it is absolutely not going to affect anything that they do moving forward. I was stunned by that. Yeah. Uh, that that wow. there, there's a, a team out there that has four players that, wow. that with believe. a cap number that high. I'll take a break. Uh, Nick Morrow is the AD at uh, UNF. He always joins us in the 4 o'clock hour when we stop by. He'll be by the table in a minute. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Welcome back to the program. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks, live from the UNF Arena. What an operation. You know what? When the boss says get yeah. rid of the popcorn, the popcorn's <laughs> gone. Yeah. Okay, just so you know that. Nick Morrow is here, the AD, who was very bothered by the popcorn on the left. You know, you didn't like that, did you? I didn't. It no. was, I couldn't take my eye off. <laughs> <It was laughs> he was locked. Yeah. He's not kidding. He yeah. was kind of locked in. So, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm glad to have you guys out here. We love coming out. We appreciate you having us. And uh, and uh, Matthew's done a nice job with his basketball. He's got a good team. I mean, it's like a like a good good team. He's done a tremendous job. Um, you know, it's actually really cool because I got to go to Costa Rica with him this past summer. Yeah. You know, you get to do a foreign tour once every four years, and uh, this year was our turn to go again, and, and we had a donor actually step up and fund the trip. And usually when we do the foreign tour, we actually have to play another money game or two to go. Right. So it was nice that we were able to avoid that, and we had a donor step up, went to Costa Rica. And so I got to see the team firsthand then, and you saw the potential there, but they hadn't played together. Over you know, Half our roster's new. All of our returning scorers were gone, and so it was really interesting to see them uh, come together and, and what they've done and the way they play as a team and the guys that step up. And any given night, another guy could step up and, and really be that dude and, and be very impressed. Nick, as far as the, the team overall, Coach Driscoll was telling us earlier that he feels like it's a really special team. Have you gotten that sense from them? I have. And, you know, again, talking to some of the guys that have been here for a minute, you know, Dorian and Chaz, like what, what feels different about mm-hmm. this team compared to previous teams? And it just – there's not selfishness as part of this team. Like they really are a cohesive team that's really come together and have done a tremendous job with with playing as a team and, and playing hard defensively too. Like they do at both ends of the court. 
and that's been fun to, fun to see, and that's resulted in a 5-2 and two record with the ability, the opportunity to get a six win in January, which, you know, I don't, I haven't talked to our SID or gone in the books, but there's not many seasons we've been able to do that, but I bet you the ones we have were championship years, and that's what kind of feels special about this one is we have an opportunity to make a run at it. Yeah, I told Hayes, I don't know if it's the best team since all those guys, since right. Beach and Dallas and all of them. It might be. It might be. It might be, and you may be adjusting some of these banners. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be adjusting NCAA tournament first and foremost. Yeah. But you guys have a banner for leading the nation in threes, and right now wide margin right. there. How, how does that enable the program, particularly in an era of the portal, when it's time to reach out to those guys, the identity of come here, we make more threes than anyone in the right. country. Yeah, definitely a recruiting advantage, right? And the way he runs his offense and very fast, a lot of shots. If you're open, you better be shooting or you're going to get yelled at for not shooting. <laughs> like yeah. how many coaches are going around saying that? And so, yeah, the style of the brand of basketball is exciting. And if, you, yeah, if you're looking to, to make a move, which you know, a lot of kids are these days. So everyone. For you, everyone. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, unlimited transfers. Let's go. And so, it's uh, yeah, this is a great brand of basketball. And, and if you can produce a winning product at the same time with that brand of basketball, like this is going to be a true destination. And what we've done with the arena and some of the things we're going to do for this program and continue to invest in it, like this, uh, this what we're doing this season is just the start, I think, of us sustaining something long term. Yeah, the arena, you've done a great job. I tell you this every time we come. But it, I'm serious. The, the, the hospitality area, the floor floor, everything you've done is, is legit, and it really is. I mean that very sincerely. Let me ask you about the portal. What, what's an AD's role? Uh, advisor to the coach? Um, hey, we might lose a guy. We might get a guy. I mean, what do you do? Do you all talk about it? We definitely talk about it. You know, Driscoll and I have a really good relationship, special yeah. relationship, and it means a, a lot to me. And, and we are constantly talking about all things related to the program, to the department, personal life, you name it. Yeah, like yeah. he's one sure. of the guys I, I lean yeah. on, you know. And he's so a great guy. I he mean, is. Yeah. He, and he's good. And, and I, I want to, you know, I've done a study recently that looked at our program compared to aspirational group of peer group mm -hmm. uh, within our conference, and we're at the bottom of all those peer groups. Yet Driscoll – has, I would say, overachieved based on the resources he has. And so we finished, you know, from 2014 to 2020, we were in the top four in the league every one of those years. We won three regular season championship, tournament championship, went to NCAA, went to NIT, all while having resources in the bottom 25% of our league. And so that motivates me as like, I got to get this dude the resources in the top 25% of our yeah. league. And I think that's where it comes in as an AD. Like if he's going to go into the portal and that's the new world of recruiting and you got to retract people in the portal to come here, what resources am I giving him to do that? Are we full cost of attendance? Are we given the $6,000 Alston Academic Award? Are we, are we creating NIL opportunities? Are we have a good facility for them to be a part of? Or do we have a competitive schedule? So all those things I can help influence that way he can go and recruit them. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell him, hey, you need to go get this 6'3 point guard sure. from St. Bonaventure. Like, I'm not going <laughs> right, to get involved right, in that. So, right. But I want to give him the resources so he can get go and get the best dudes that fit his system. And, and that's uh, that's how I see my role as AD. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about men's golf. Most recently in the Seabest Invitational, Robbie Higgins wins, basically. And you guys came up so close. So close. So I – you know, I got to do better about my blocking off my calendar just to go watch our golf team compete, especially when it's mid-60s, full sun out in Ponte Vedra. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was stuck in meetings for, right. for the first, you know, half of the day, and I'm following them on golf stat, and I see them making a run. And all of a sudden, we're, we're down seven strokes. Then we're down 
three strokes, and then we're tied. And I'm like, I got to get out there. So I get out there, and I was able to watch the last couple holes, but including Robbie, um, he you know he birdied, chipped in on 17 to go up three strokes, and then I watch him come in on 18 and and beat obviously a very talented field, including the defending national champion Gators and some really talented golfers on that team, and and to see Robbie because Robbie's been here the whole time Nick's been here. You know, and obviously Nick gets a lot of attention, mm-hmm. Gabrielchik, and uh, but Robbie's good. Robbie can bomb it. Yeah. He's very skilled, and like that dude has a chance at a pro career too. But he doesn't get quite the right. attention that Nick does, and and so to see him win, and he's just such a good teammate too. Like he instantly, you know, went to Nick, who who uh, you know finished third, and you know they're hugging and talking about how good each other look, and yelling, and like they're <laughs> just really good teammates yeah. too. You know, and I think that's important and special, and I, that's why this team. They made a run at the Gator, almost got them yesterday, defending champions. Yeah. They're going to make a run into NCAA finals. It's going to be see if, interesting to see if they can make some noise at the national level this year. And getting back to men's hoops, you guys are going to take a shot at the Gators next season, correct? That's right. Yeah, we did uh, go ahead and we got one game guarantee already locked up for next year, December 21st. We'll go to Exec Tech Arena. Yeah, maybe you guys, since you haven't really seen it before, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe you can jump on the team bus. I'll show you all something about Gainesville. They've got some really cool spots down there. So, uh, How many times have you been since it was back? I have been a couple of times, okay. mainly with the UNF <laughs> <basketball> <laughs> team going down there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be a so fun, December fun trip 21st. down. December 21st, 2024. That's awesome. Uh, we'll be down there, yeah. Have you uh, snuck out to baseball practice at all? Yeah, actually, I was out on Friday. They had a scrimmage. They yep. did a full weekend of scrimmaging oh. like a normal series would be, and we've got a lot of new technology out there. We've got something called Yakker Tech, which can get a lot of readings and stuff, and they were showing me how oh, they wow. use that, how they chart it, and how they use that with their, their pitchers and their hitters, and and so it was pretty cool to go out yeah. there and watch them in action. And so, yeah, we're, what, two and a half weeks yeah. away from opening day, and we host the Gators in baseball in less than three weeks. And we'll be there, right? That's right. We'll be there, yeah. yeah, we host them on Tuesday the 20th, and softball hosts them Wednesday the 21st. Okay. And so we were actually kind of game planning for that a little bit because we can host a little over 300 at softball. We always sell that out, obviously, yeah. when Florida comes in. So we're looking at adding another 600 standing room only bleachers in the outfield oh, just wow. to increase our capacity. Yeah. It's not going to be the greatest seat in the world, but you're there yeah. and you're part of the atmosphere. And, and so we're doing something new from that standpoint to boost our overall capacity. And so we're we're excited about what's coming on in the spring. It's going to be a big spring for us. Yeah, I'm Is Taylor Swift playing here yeah, tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lights are kind of flashing. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm real excited to see what, what Joe Mercandante does. I, I mean, I, I, he's got an energy about I guess, I'll, by the way, I'll see. We have a walk-off clinic on Friday morning, so I'll see your whole staff and have about half the players because <laughs> right. they're very good. But, I, but I'm serious. I, I, I'm very – there's an energy. There's a there's an enthusiasm. There's an organizational feel to it. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued. I'm excited to see what, what he got there. Yeah, no, it's – their whole staff is cool. I mean, if you just go out to a practice and watch Colt, Holt, Coach Holt, yeah. you know, Tyler Holt, who yeah. was All-American of Florida State. Right, yeah. Dude, he's got like next level like energy, yeah. intensity, yeah. and uh, he's he's done a tremendous job. The whole staff's done great, and I'll be shocked if that doesn't turn into a championship NCAA tournament team. We always talk about how great this hospitality area is. Is it sold out, or can people still join? Yeah, we still have availability up here. It's we usually we're averaging about 140 a uh, game right now. We had 250 up here 
during the JU game. Not at all at the same time because our fire code capacity is 213, so we didn't violate any code, you know, anything. Right. But <laughs> we did have 250 we roll in and out. Our cameras were shut down, don't worry. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. yeah, Lauren left the set in the stands. <laughs> Hayes and I are too snobby for that, <laughs> so we stayed right. up here. Okay, stayed up here, okay. yeah. And uh, so we, we've had tremendous crowds up here, but we do have a few seats available still to, to purchase. And if we continue on this run, I anticipate us having – you know, really good crowd still. You know, mm-hmm. court side usually all filled up. We've had great uh, community support this year. Students, a couple games have been tremendous. That JU game where the students were here was the highest student attendance we had since the Dallas uh, year. Oh, wow. Really? Um, our attendance was what was like the sixth highest ever yeah. and the highest since, you know, 2016. You know, so our crowd and our atmosphere was tremendous, and winning helps, obviously. Yeah, and even some win. Jags players made we it. We even had some Jags players out here too, and um, you know they had some free time um, at, <laughs> after at that that game, so they were they were they're available. Right. They're, they're def- available. They're definitely <laughs> available. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask. So obviously, JU's the big rival. Is Lipscomb? What? Who's the second biggest rival in the conference? Is it Lipscomb? Because it seems like they've been. You guys have been with in the same league with them for, for a, a long time. But is it Gulf Coast? Who? How would you describe that? I would say it's probably Florida Gulf Coast just okay. because of that brand. And we've gone back and forth with them, especially the, the, those years, again, going back to the Dallas and Bo years and just the Dunk City and mm-hmm. what they kind of bring. I think that kind of makes them – probably the next biggest rival. But let's go. If you're looking at straight competitiveness, especially recently, we're always going toe-to-toe with mm-hmm. them. They're always very talented, um, always really good games, quality basketball. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're right up there. Last thing. Um, Tennessee is getting investigated, so now the, the political guy is fighting back because all the political guys now to get reelected got to fight back for their school. It's a right. mess. Where are we headed? Where, where, <laughs> where, where, where are we headed? So we had an ASUN conference. Our winter meetings are taking place virtually right now. We talked a little bit about that right now. The thing is, like, if you don't like uncertainty, yeah. don't get in college athletics. Yeah. Like, yeah. because who knows? Who knows what's next? Um, you know, but you better be ready to deal with whatever whatever yeah. comes up. You know, when we when I was on last with you guys at JU game, when they were here, the Florida State stuff had just come that's out. That's right. That's right. That's and I right. told you, I was like, I have a hard time believing that's going to be mm-hmm. the first and last yes. that comes out. And so we've had more come out, and there might be more. I mean, the Florida thing uh, yep. came yeah. up, and then Florida now obviously and Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. And, I mean, I can't I, – like I said, everyone's doing it across the country. So you're not going to just stop at Florida State. If you're going to do it, do it. And so, uh, but it's, it's what I what we really don't like right now is that you, we're, we are NCAA. Right. UNF is an NCAA member. Tennessee is an NCAA member. Florida State's NCAA. We're suing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, w- what's happening right now? Like, we need to kind of get it internally figured out, our family figured out before, you know, and stop attacking each other because that's not going to help us on the national scene when Congress takes over. You know, or are these more of these lawsuits come up? Like, we're not helping our own cause by, by doing that. And so um, rules are becoming looser and looser. We got the unlimited transfers now, and name, image, likeness is, is the wild, wild west. And it's just – and I heard – I think y'all were talking about it a day or two ago. Like, are we better off – college football better off right now? I asked now? that question the other day. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, when first thing I thought is – well, the product probably is. product's still amazing to yeah. watch. But the rivals and the pageantry and everything that was pure about college football feels kind of gross. Regionality, it was the last bastion of regionality in American sport, and it's gone. Right. It was last. It was last. So, so, so we'll see. But you said it right. If you don't like uncertainty, don't get into the business. <laughs> no. You're exactly right. Yeah. Nick, Nick Morrow, the AD at uh, you know, let's go beat Lipscomb tonight. That's, That's right. Let's right. do it. Swoop. Nick, thanks, buddy. We All appreciate right. it. Hour to go. Back after this. 1010XL, 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL.
Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. One hour to go on the program, live from the UNF Arena. Ospreys in Lipscomb come up. It comes up at seven o'clock tonight. Hope you're coming out here to watch a, a lot of fun basketball, fun college basketball here on the First Coast. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlion, uh, Lauren Brooks here on location. R.J. Saunders back at World Headquarters. We continue along here on uh, this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Belichick done? I think he's done. Uh, I, I'm I'm a little surprised that like Jerry Jones is going on record saying, oh, I could absolutely work with them. And, you know, Florio's reporting that the Eagles are, are a little bit more off the radar, but certainly monitoring the possibility of Belichick being their guy in 25. I just it's, – it's weird to say because I was so on board with him this season. But I just feel like to sit out a year, to come back, you're 73 years old uh, week one of the 25 season – to me, that's I, I don't I, I don't know why I, I don't know why a year you wouldn't think one year would make that big of a difference. It's like, well, if you wanted to hire him now, why would you not want to hire him, him in a year? But I, I don't think that the year away from it's going to help Bill. I think he needed to stay in it, and and so I don't know. I mean, I I thought he was going to get a job this cycle. Obviously, he didn't. I just can't imagine that. An owner is going to hire a 73-year-old coach who's been out of it for a season. I just, I think he's done now. I, I think it's a shame because uh, I think he could still do a good job. But I, I do worry about him being out of it for a year and being able to build a staff and everything that comes with it. Is there any chance the commander surprise us all, like literally shock us all and yeah. hire Bobilichek? There, there are surprises that, that happen. He was linked to them. The f- yeah. That was the first team he was linked right. to. I, so, I mean, you know what, it doesn't seem like they're going there, but, but they, but they may reset their And there search. have been surprises at every turn. It right. seems you, like and you're, you know what? You're right. This this could be one of those, wow, I didn't even know they were talking, and we find out they were talking the whole time. Yeah, that could. I don't think so, but yeah, that's the possibility. Yeah, I certainly exists. don't believe that's yeah. what's going to happen because it feels yeah. like there'd be more smoke around yeah. it. But at the same time, it yeah. wouldn't be their worst decision. But, yeah, if so he doesn't get a job this season, I'm with you. There's no chance he coaches again. And if he doesn't, um, uh, uh, undebated greatest coach of all time? I think there's debate because of the scandals, uh, Spygate and Deflategate. So, I, I mean, I think – because of that, I think there'll always be some dispute. For me, he is, but you know, it's hard. I wasn't around for Vince Lombardi yeah. and, right. and things, and, and Chuck Knoll, and you know, so I mean, yeah. I, I, Bill Walsh, you know, certainly probably had as much influence on the game as as any coach, and yeah. obviously won at a high level. Uh, but for me, in in my lifetime, I would say it's Belichick. But I don't think you can just empirically say. Right. It's Belichick. For me, the scandal doesn't affect whether or not the greatest coach of all time. For me, having Brady all those years and the record without Brady that, that makes me question. What about you? And I'm not saying he's not, but I'm saying that's, that's where my pause would come from. Well, sure, and that's why I think he needed so badly to get another job and be successful without Brady in order to, to add to his argument and then, of course, eclipse Shula's record. But – it is interesting, and I don't know about the players, like you said, of Lombardi or Chuck Noll, how they would speak about those coaches, but every player, it seems like, who's ever played for 
Bill Belichick talks about him glowingly. Whether they played offense, even special teams, doesn't matter. Former guys that have worked with him, he may not have the, the best personality with the media or, you know, in times that we get to see him. But they talk about that Patriot way, and they talk about him as if, you know, he's never done any wrong. The list would be whatever order, Lombardi, Tom Landry, Noel, Belichick, Walsh. And Shula's got Sh- the record. And, Sh- so, and, I mean, and, and, of course, Shula. has the wins record. Yeah, and, Sh- and, and, and Shula did it two places. Shula, Shula made the Baltimore Colts great. And he made the Miami Dolphins great. So it might be Shula. And the, the restaurants. Yeah, and the <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> Don't forget those. But it might be Shula. For me. And the cameo in Ace Ventura, <laughs> High Detective. <laughs> uh, for, for me, um, Noel doesn't qualify in this list. I mean, he qualifies on the list. Noel wouldn't be the top of this list because he had a team that was better than everybody's. I mean, he had Bradshaw and Swan and Stallworth. And one of the best defenses of all time. No free agency, right, so you right. got to keep everybody. Yeah. So, so then you definitely like, discount yeah. Belichick if that's well, kind well, of the theory about him. Well, Belichick didn't always have the best team; he had the best quarterback. And no, a lot of times no. he had the best defense. Yeah, the yeah. early years of Brady. Yeah, but not not. I mean, that's the Steeler defense was like was was head and shoulders better than everybody else in football every year. So it was a little different. But yeah, the, the, the same. That's why I had the same reason yeah. Belichick gave me pause. I would on Noel too. Um, Walsh, I thought, was the best innovator of the group. I thought Lombardi was the first one that made great coaching matter. He's the first one that everyone – he's the first time they pointed really in almost any sport because even in basketball when the Celtics ran all those titles, nobody – I mean, Red Auerbach was there. He became great later, but it was he had all the best players. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I think Belichick will always be regarded as one of the handful of greatest coaches of all time. I don't know that his to, – to your point – that history will always remember him as the um, undoubtable, uh, undoubted greatest of all time. Yeah, and, and again, he did have to navigate a world of salary cap right. and free agency and you know complacency and you know, but uh, but you can't deny his record without Tom Brady is not good. Eighty-two and, and ninety-eight. You know, and, 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 and it was one thing you know when when it you could have made the case well Brady needs Belichick, but then his first year away from Belichick. And he wins the Super Bowl in Tampa with a team that the year prior was hovering around 500. I mean, he Tom didn't go to a, you know, a 14 and two club. I mean, he went to a team that was sort of, you know, meandering, and uh, and won the Lombardi. And so, I, I do think that that you have to factor that in. I would have loved to have seen him get another chance because I think it would have been just such a phenomenal storyline. I'm sure Roger Goodell and his minions are sick about it. Because it would just have been, I'm. Mean, let's just say right. it was Atlanta, for instance. Yep. Well, then the Atlanta Falcons are notable for a change, and not just you know one of the teams no one pays attention to. Like the Atlanta Falcons would have become one of the biggest storylines in the NFL next season. Well, I mean, I mean, I think Raheem Morris will do a good job, but there's not going to be any sizzle with Atlanta. They're not going to get probably. They may get one primetime game, but that's it. You know, if Belichick had been there, they might have gotten three. You know, there there probably would have been more pressure uh, from the league to with its schedule makers to, hey, we need to get the Falcons on, you know, some primetime window in the first three weeks of this season. Right. And, and then we probably need to get them on again between weeks four and seven. And then we'll see about or if they're good enough to be, you know, flexed in or something late in the year. So I, I, I'm sure the league office is sick about not having them. Uh, you know, 
and maybe they make a call to new ownership in Washington and say, look, if uh, hey, if you're really devastated about Ben Johnson not coming and Bobby Slowick staying with Houston, would you maybe consider doing this uh, for the for the benefit of the league? But uh, and, and again, obviously, he's he is a really good coach, and I still think he's a really good coach. I just think he's not great at personnel, and I do think that's what doomed him. I don't think the Patriots were poorly coached this year. I just think they didn't have any talent. That is his fault. But I think if you put him on a roster, like, again, that's why I thought Atlanta would have been such a great fit because the things that he can't identify, they have. And you would have to go get the quarterback. But, again, you go trade for fields. You go sign Kirk Cousins, sign Gardner Minshew, you know, something like that. Eliminate the guessing game of drafting a guy. You got the receivers. You got the tight end. You got the running back. Let Bill, you know, build the defense, bring in the guys he wants there, and you probably have something pretty special. Yeah, I, I – and I – and I guess my – and I'll say this about Doug Peters, too, not, who I like very much. I think how good your team is, you're, the head, head coach is responsible for it. Whether you – regardless of what, how much noted – how much noted um, responsibility you had or didn't have for the, for the personnel, I think when your team's 4-13, and 13, your team's 4-13. and 13. So, that, that, at least for me. Um, right now, top five – off the top of your head, top five – top four or five coaches in the league. Top of your head. I mean, Reed's won now by uh, – uh, Win or lose, uh, he'd be number in one Vegas. on both lists. And by the right? way, yeah. he could get on the list we yeah. were just discussing yeah, as far yeah. as greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, there's and that's uh, right, and that's right, that's again, a very good point. They'll still say, oh, but he had Mahomes, but it doesn't. Matter. And there's a little bit of scuttle about Reed might retire after the Super Bowl, and if that happens, that could be another potential Belichick landing spot. That's just what uh, we need. Yeah, Belichick right. with Mahomes, yeah, well, just like Phil <laughs> Jackson. If, Phil, if, Phil Jackson with Michael Jordan and Shaq and Kobe. I don't. I don't. Right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think I don't Reed either. is going to retire. I don't either. But if he does retire? Bill Belichick will call the Hunt family and right. say, "I will do this pro bono. Yeah. Right. I need no money. I don't need control over I'll personnel. I literally, <laughs> I will pay you. I literally just want to coach Patrick Mahomes for, and win another two. nine rings." <laughs> right. Uh, or to shove it in Tom's face, but, oh, yeah, uh, exactly. um, but, uh, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So it'd Reed, be Reed one. Uh, I think you'd have to go Harbaugh uh, or John. Uh, John uh, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Shanahan would be in there. Yeah, McVeigh is, I think, reestablished yep. himself. Uh, Let me stop you. The five you just ran off the top of your head is probably the five people would say. Yeah, yeah I mean, because because the top, the I have to, I haven't thought about it, but that's the five. That's the first five names I would have said. I would have had Shanahan and McVay on the list. I would have had Tomlin and Harbaugh on the list, and there's Andy Reid. So we're probably missing some, but at the top of the li- top of the head, what I asked you to do, yeah, I'd I had mean, the same five. That, that's the five that would have come out of my mouth. Andy Reid has a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl. Tomlin's got a Super Bowl. Like, Tomlin Harbaugh's Super got Bowl. a Super Bowl. Everyone, we, everybody, uh, McVay's got a Super Bowl. So everybody, we, everybody we mentions one one. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan has them. Shanahan Shanahan has Shan- them you're right, yeah. Shanahan. But the other he ones, could, have all, but he might. Yeah, the other ones have all won. But I, but I'm trying. But if I go, but now, if now I broke it down further, if I say who did we miss, I don't know that there's a who did we miss on there. You know, if Vrabel's out, I would have had Vrabel high on some list. I don't know if he's yeah. top five, but I had Vrabel high on a list. Um, I, by the way, I think Doug Peterson's a really good coach. Okay, I think Doug Peterson not maybe not top five, but I'd have Doug, I'd have Doug Peterson high on a list. I would have had Vrabel high on a list. I mean, Sean Payton did a nice job in the second half with the Broncos, yeah. so we'll see. And he certainly has and he been a very good. He obviously was yeah. great with the Saints, right. so he'd have an argument for yeah, top he ten. He should um, be. On, he should be on the end of the conversation. You know, it's just hard because you just had eight. Well, you've, one guy hasn't even gotten hired yet, but you had 
you know, eight people turn over, so that leaves you with 24. Then you had another six or seven that have only done it for about a year. So as impressive as D'Amico Ryans and Shane mm-hmm. Steichen are, it's, it's hard to yeah. say, well, D'Amico Ryans is the seventh best coach yeah. in the league. Right. Well, I mean, he did great. One, it was one year. One year right. So you need to see a little bit more. Yeah. So really, in terms of coaches with a established resume, I mean, you've, you're talking about only about half the league. Yeah. yeah. And I, and, go ahead. I was just saying, Zach Taylor is a guy that might make lists like this. He's been except, to one. Except, yep. right, but except his quarterback has been hurt twice, and yeah. so that hurts him even though that doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't show whether or not he's a yeah. good coach. And, again, I'm, 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 I'll admit it, Homer guy, but I'll, I'll stand what I've said all along in this. Doug Peterson got here and took over a dumpster fire. He took over the urban era. He took over a franchise that had won four games in the two years before he got there and has won 18 in his two years. Uh, They've had, in in 25 years since the turn of the century, they have had six winning seasons. Six. And he's he's had two of them. So, I I mean, I – and he's got a Super Bowl ring. And he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles against Belichick and Brady. I, 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 he's high on my list, boy. I, I, what about McDaniel, Mike McDaniel in Miami? I haven't seen enough, but I think there's something there. I think he's top ten. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, so I think there's, some, there's clearly something there in there. You can tell. Yeah, because I, I don't think he's got a great quarterback. I, I'm probably not as high on two as others are. And I, and I, and so I think which, which makes him, which elevates. Yeah. Mc, Mc, I mean, Stefanski uh, really rose up this mm-hmm. year with Pettigrew. what he did in Cleveland. I mean, you got to. And he did it after losing to Sean Watson, yeah. who they were trying to build everything around. I agree. He's a good, very good coach. Very good coach. We'll see. I'll take a break. Morning, Mom. 1010 92.5 FM. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. You've had a good day. What do you do? You bless the rains. You bless the rains. Yeah. Brooks, I don't know what you're doing. We're going to bless the rains. If you bless the rains on a Wednesday, whew, so good. It's a good day. That's what that is. She's looking at us like, shut up. No, I'm shut, not. Shut up and talk sports. I'm so. wondering how many other people on the planet thought it was miss the rains. That's what I'm wondering. Did everyone always know it was bless the rains? Yeah. And I'm lyrics person yeah, yeah, over here. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know much, but I did know that. You I never quite knew what blessing the rains thing. meant. Yeah, that's but what I, I also wonder. The, uh, the, but uh, I guess if you're in the desert, you bless the rains. One of the most distinctive opens to a song right. ever. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you there's an outside chance that two years ago? What's that? Oh, when I got drunk out of my mind at the so, show? So that would have been about a year ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, this might be the anniversary okay. of it. It was sometime. It was right before we went to the Combine but, because I was still hung over in Indianapolis. But here's what I will tell you about that show. It was uh, Toto followed by Journey. They're both fantastic. But as much as we give Hayes a hard time for going deep into the night that night, there's an outside chance he wasn't the only one drinking. Okay. And because uh, we had a ride, we didn't drive. That was fantastic. Yeah, we, and so um, so I can tell you, we got drinking, and we were in a, we were in a suite. Our friend Jeff got us in. Terry Norvell set it up, and Jeff got us in a suite. Unbelievable hospitality. Yeah, so we had a suite. Matt Hayes and Terry Norvell and, and Hayes and I, and I mean, and, uh, and and so we're in the suite, and we got drinking, and we may or may not have been throwing out the throwing out the phrase, 
I'm ready to bless the rain. No, <laughs> nobody was, but we were we were so deep in the night. We just kept saying, "I'm going to bless the rains. Yeah. You're going to bless the rains," and we kept waiting and kept waiting. Yeah. Now, again, we're getting deeper in the night. Was it the encore? It was. It was. It was. It late. was because, but yeah. they weren't. The yeah. journey was after Toto. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Toto finished their set, and it, well, the guy was hilarious. He we was were, like, I, mean, "I guess we have one more song yeah, to play." Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're yelling, "Bless yeah. the rains!" Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. And so finally, we kind of lost our mind when. Uh, uh, what do they have? What does Toto have besides Africa? Hold the line. Hold the line. Okay. Uh, is that it? They're, they're, that's about it. Yeah. The, the, the time that we they would know. That's I'll be over you. I'll be over you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly that's They exactly. played for probably about 45 minutes. Yeah, they did. That's yeah. a long time. They, they were yeah. great, though. Oh, they, they, were they, were, they were great. They were every bit as good as Journey. I mean, they were fantastic. And then the surprise with Journey set yeah. is they went with Don't Stop Believing on, like, the fourth song. Right, fourth song. They, which they, I thought they would yeah. finish with. Yeah, you would always think you always think you're going to either finish – you know, you know, either, you either you finish before the encore with, with, with your anthem or it's the last song of the, 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 the encore. I told you, the best I've seen the Eagles 10, 12 times, the best Eagles show I saw, most of the time you see them, I've seen all six of their uh, farewell tours, by the way. <laughs> okay. So, but the best, but the, uh, and I've told the story many times before, usually they, they thank you that they're on the encore, they're in the fourth or fifth encore song, third or fourth encore song, and then they say, listen, thank you. You've been with us all these years. Uh, thank you for what you've meant to us. We can't thank you enough. One more time, thank you. And then they play. Then they play. Um, take it easy, right? So that's always that's all that, that's always been what they do. Well, the one time you might have been there, it was one of the arena shows. Back obviously when Glenn Fry was still alive. They say all that, and then you think they're done, and then they play "Take It Easy" because you think they're done, and then you don't realize what you've heard, and not heard, because they they have a thousand right. hits, right? Yeah. So they play it. And then the lights, the house lights don't come on. They play it. Place goes crazy. And then the light, just the spotlight goes to Henley at the drums. And he goes, Desperado. And you realize that's last. Wow. It was freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, because you didn't realize. I didn't, I sh- I sh- you know, they have too many songs to realize the ones you didn't hear. Yeah. And so we thought, take it easy. And then, they, then the spotlight goes to, to Henley. And usually he sings Desperado in the front of the stage. But this time he sang it at the drums. And it was on a, the most amazing ending I've ever seen to a show. I mean, it was. It was on, can you imagine is, when you thought you think it's cool. done? Because yeah, Journey just played one of the championship games. Was it the NFC championship game this past weekend? They, they played it at halftime. Of course, they didn't show it, but yeah, yeah they played did it they? one of them. I think it was. Yeah, and then I think Hall and Oates did the other one. <laughs> <laughs> in between, in between uh, depositions. <laughs> <laughs> While we have you guys here. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, I guess they did. Uh, Florida, Kentucky tonight. What's got to happen for the Gators to win? I, I think a good first half for Florida. I think they battle. I think they hang in. I think some some tough whistles. So I think they're dealing with some foul trouble. I think Kentucky in the final ten minutes pulls away. I think they win by eight. I think Florida wins. I'm going to call a surprise upset. Uh, I think they've just been playing. You think Florida's going to go to the Rupp and win the game? Yeah, I think they've been playing with a lot of confidence. And look, they're not going to be shell-shocked by Kentucky at Rupp tonight. So I think it's really close. I think Florida wins like 84 to 80. I'll say this. I don't think they're going to win. But I will say this about this group. Because Pullen and Clayton, well, heck, for that matter, Richard, have played mm-hmm. so much basketball. You know, I mean, those, th- those, those three guys have been on six teams between them. You know, Tyree Samuels played yep. so much basketball. They, they played so much basketball that I agree with. I, agree, I don't think they're going to go in there and get spooked. I don't think they go. Wow, twenty-three thousand people, and they're really loud. And we're. In, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I. I don't. I don't see that. So, but I do think. Um, yeah, I think. 
I think they'll play okay. I don't. Th- I don't think they can beat Kentucky. But I'll say, is it an advantage that it's a Wednesday night for Florida and not a Saturday? Probably. Or does it not matter because no. Kentucky yeah. is crazy well, regardless? It's not going to matter ultimately. But yeah, I think the fact that the game day's not there and they're leading up and they're they're sitting around the hotel all day watching basketball and everyone's previewing the game, it won't be like that. It'll be more. It'll have more of a business trip feel to it. Yeah, I think that. I think matters matters a little incrementally, I suppose. But it, but it is a – the reason I bring it up so much is Gator Nation needs that one. It's been a long time. And, again, baseball and gymnastics are great. I love baseball. You love gymnastics. We, Just I mean, lost on Friday night, by what, the way. What's gymnastics that? Gymnastics lost did on Friday lose? night. Yeah. So, to but who? It, Alabama. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kalen DeBoer got him? Kalen DeBoer did, yeah. Kalen DeBoer. Alabama's playing well these days. Yeah. The, uh, but, but Gator Nation needs this one. Gator Nation needs to feel – Again, it's not devastating if they don't get it, but it, I'm talking. I mean, a real fist bump moment. I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not. I mean, God bless the the golf team for winning it all. We were watching on golf channel. Yeah, heck yeah. But that wasn't a fist bump moment. That was a well, that's kind of cool moment. You know, that was kind of cool moment. If baseball had hung on and beat LSU, that'd have been a nice cool moment. But it's not a jump off the couch fist. And I love baseball. Oh, I mean, and, but it's yeah. not a fist bump moment. A- anytime you get a win at Kentucky, yeah. particularly when you're. Yeah. scratching and clawing to get into the NCAA tournament. Right. It w- this would be a massive fist bump. And and it would give you more of a good feeling that Scott Strickland did get it right on the Todd Golden hire. Yeah. Now you well, can't win at Kentucky and then go lose at A&M and then lose at home to Auburn. And but then, for the moment. You know, but, but I mean, yeah, for it, at 11 o'clock tonight, yeah, if Florida right. wins, yeah. oh, yeah, if you're a Florida fan, you're, you're going to be euphoric if you get that win tonight. Yeah, because it happens few and far between. I, I think I read Florida's won at Kentucky 10 times since 1974. We could have Jordan, Kobe, and Magic going up <laughs> there, and I'd pick Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I just – just, I'm telling you, I still scarred from 102 to 48. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about this. Let me. I, I know I talk about the game a lot, the 81 game. It was 102 to 48. I mean, that's two SEC teams. We're not talking oh. about you played Amherst for a money game. It was 102 to 40. The Florida Gators lost to Kentucky 102 to 48. Think about that for a second. It's amazing. They got to 100. You didn't get to 50. I mean, that's. Uh, that, I mean, I, I mean. And you've always lost in 79. Florida went 0 10 and 1 in football. Yeah. So I'm guessing football wasn't that great then either. No, no, it wasn't. Those were t- those were tough times. Now by 80, <laughs> football had gotten a little bit better. But no, those, those were those were those were not great times. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Lauren, we're live at the UNF Arena. UNF and Lipscomb, the big one too, in the A Sun. When we come back, our Lauren wraps the program with news and notes. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show news and notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen, in the world of the NFL, CBS Sports' Chris Tepratt. Chris Trapasso has three NFL trends that will carry into next season. Three NFL trends, and I totally agree with him. All right, the first NFL trend that will carry over until next season, motion, motion, and more motion. The two Super Bowl participants finished the regular season in the top five in motion rate. The 49ers motioned 70.4% of the time on their offensive plays. The Chiefs came in fourth at 60.5%. Yeah, that's all the rage now. So you, so the quarterback can see what the defense is doing. All, all the shifting, all the motion, Hayes, isn't to get you open. It's to identify. 
It allows you to identify what the defense is doing and how they're going to respond. And the quarterback, when all that motion's going on, it's not like the receiver's going to get open faster because he went in motion. It's going to allow you to identify what the defense does. That's why. That's what all the shifts are all. If you ever see a team, how many teams you see in college and pro football now, they'll line up empty, and then they'll motion the running back back to the backfield because you see who, who how they're going to play it. I always knew Billy Napier was an <laughs> offensive innovator, <laughs> and this just proves oh. it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, by the way, I was reading about the 49ers. Kyle Juszczyk, that's the one for them that they're constantly moving around yep. to see what the other team is doing. All right, second trend that will carry into 2024, long live yak. Of course, that is yards after the catch. The number one and number two teams in yards after the catch per reception are in the Super Bowl. The 49ers have led this category in six consecutive seasons, while the Chiefs have the most total yards after the catch in each of the past four years during the regular season. So, Hayes, we didn't really get to this much yesterday. Evan Ingram, obviously, now to the Pro Bowl for the Jaguars. Evan Ingram is so good at yards after the catch, but I don't know that there's a lot of other Jaguars that are. Yeah, and, and again, that's where Press Taylor's got to get better at finding that. You know, that is, that is a schematic problem, and uh, that's not so much on Ridley or Kirk or Ingram or ETN. They have the guys to do that. I mean, they certainly have the players uh, they, they should be hard to tackle. Uh, they, they should be in space with the ability to, to make moves and things like that. It's just, but again, the, the Jaguar offense is stagnant, and it's, it's, it's at best stagnant. It, you could even describe it as being in reverse. That's one of the issues that they've really got to study this offseason. They've got to figure out how do we schematically get guys in position to get yardage after they've received the football. By the way, as far as the two teams in, in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. having the best, one and two, mm-hmm. while also having Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey helps you there too. And George I, and Kittle, I, and Travis Kelsey, yeah. Yeah, and, and even Kadarius Toney, even though he's up and down. Right. There's, a, there's guys that look like you want – there's a lot of guys you want to throw the ball to them in the backfield. Those guys are – those are the guys. And finally, and this one definitely relates to the Jaguars, stay true to your identity. In high-pressure situations, teams must avoid outsmarting themselves – do what you do best. I think this applies, especially what we saw happen to the Ravens. The Ravens all season long were so good at running the football, and then in the AFC Championship game, they got away from it. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. You're right about that. The one thing teams do, the one the one thing great teams do, Hayes, is they don't panic. They do what they do. I agree with that. Well, and it, again, when it comes to identity, we talked about this after Trent Baalke's uh, uh, press conference a week or so ago. I Identity starts with your offensive line. Uh, to me, if you're going to have an identity, you've got to have a, a dominant line, Even it, whether it's to run the football, whether it's to throw the football heavily, it's got to start there. And I, I get what th- this guy's sort of taking in, a, in a, another layer of the onion, which mm-hmm. is once you've established that, right. then absolutely stick to it. Yeah. And he's right. But, uh, but again, getting back to the Jaguars, <laughs> Trent Paulke isn't wrong on that. I know no one wants to hear that, but he is right about there's no offensive identity here, and that has got to be the biggest point of emphasis for Doug Peterson. Absolutely. All right, tonight 5-2 UNF plays host to 4-3 Lipscomb. That tips off at 7 o'clock. Big game for certainly both teams. And JU, meanwhile, Frank, plays host to Austin Peay tonight. JU 1-6. Hopefully getting Bryce Workman back. If it's not tonight, it's got to be soon. Yeah, certainly. First, start with this game. Those The records you ran off are conference records, obviously not yes. overall records. Yes. 
um, starting with this game. Big game for at the top of the, the division, at the top of the league. Eastern Kentucky 7-0, and so they've got the best record in the league. They just beat UNF. But the Ospreys are right there, but this is a big one. You're 5-2, and two, you play a 4-3 and three team. So a big home game today uh, for UNF. And, yeah, JU needs to get going. It, it just hurts them they haven't had Bryce Workman. Um, and and it'll, hurt, it'll help them so much when they get him back, whenever that is. We talked to Jordan Mincy about that last time we were out there. But that's a tough start, 1-6. and six. It's a tough start to the league. And, boy, JU needs to win in the worst way. They really do. Yeah, and I think this game's going to be really exciting. Lauren mentioned this in the interview with Coach Driscoll. Two great offensive teams. We've talked at length about UNF and how they lead the nation in shooting the three. Lipscomb offensively is sensational. Uh, you look at their field goal percentage, 48.6%. That ranks 22nd in the nation. They average 15 assists a game. That's outstanding. So that what does that tell you? Great ball movement, good shot selection, mm-hmm. and then they make their shots. So uh, this could be the first one to, you know, 95 tonight wins. Lipscomb is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Ospreys in an upset. I like the Ospreys too, and I'm a little surprised. That I do too. I didn't know if I didn't know your favorite either, but I, I think the Ospreys. I, I think UNF's going to win this game. I, I, I'm pretty confident UNF's going to beat beat Lipscomb tonight. We saw two huge upsets in college basketball last night in men's basketball. First of all, uh, we saw Georgia Tech upset North Carolina, third-ranked North Carolina. We also saw South Carolina take down number five Tennessee. So good, uh, good nights for both of those programs. The dang SEC's. I mean, it was the, the SEC whether the people want to admit this or not. Up until about X years ago, was a, a laughing stock in basketball. Remember when Slive hi- wasn't it yeah, Slive that hired the consultant? Yeah, he, to um, come in and Mike Trangisi. Yeah, Mike yeah. Trangisi. From how the do Big we East. fix our basketball? Yeah, Mike Trangisi from the Big East, and it's amazing how good that league has gotten. Oh, I mean, and Lamont Paris has done a fantastic mm-hmm. job at South Carolina. I mean, you can wrap up Coach of the Year. Oh, it's already I mean, done. It's, it's already. They're done. seventeen and three, and they've got wins over Tennessee and Kentucky. And um, it's, a, it's a hard league, man. It is a really, really, really – it's almost gotten like it is in baseball when everybody's good. It's really close. Yeah, certainly. By the way, how do you guys feel about Stefan versus Sabrina in the three-point contest? You've got Steph Curry going up against women's basketball, obviously, Sabrina Ionescu. They will compete in the three-point challenge February 17th at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Wow, how about that? That'd be cool. Because she she's has beaten really, his yeah. record – now, yeah. obviously, it's it's a little different. Like, the basketball size is different and things like that. But That'll they're going to compete against each other. That's fun. They're both great shooters, and they're, they're going to have fun with it. And good for them. Good for both of them. I think it's going to be cool. I really do. I think so as well. And finally, the PGA Tour announced today that in a partnership with Strategic Sports Group, they reached a deal where the group will invest up to $3 billion in the PGA Tour's new for-profit entity called PGA Tour Enterprises. This does still leave room for the Saudi Arabian group to invest as well. I, I think in looking at it, it, it had to be done. I think it's a good group. Obviously, you've got the Henrys, the Red Sox in, involved, and uh, Arthur Blank's involved in it. There's others as well, very prominent uh, owners of, of, of very uh, established franchises. So I think the PGA Tour, this is a good step. This is a step I, I wish they would have done before the merger because yeah. I still don't think they had to do that. I still think they could have found the answers internally and they could have staved off Liv because I think Liv would have ultimately died because it competitively is soulless golf. And I don't, I mean, I don't care that people are defecting. The PGA Tours, you have the events. You've got the events people have been watching for 50 years. You've got the Byron Nelson. You've got uh, Arnie's event. I mean, you've got all these things. I'm not even talking about the majors. Uh, it's Pebble just, this weekend. To me, Pebble. You, you just would have had, to me, 
you're, you, you've got enough stars, and there's always going to be new stars because the game of golf has never been more competitive globally. I just uh, I, look. I'm 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 glad to see this. I understand they're probably still going to do the merge with with live and and everybody sort of put down their sabers. Roy saying you know the live guys shouldn't be punished. They should be able to come back and play tour events. And ultimately, that's for the fan. That's where you all want it to land. You want these guys to be able to come and go and and have the best you know the best fields. Look, we've got the players championship just right around the corner. You'd love to have. You know, you look at the top 100 in the world, you'd love to have, you know, all of them if you could. But, you know, because guys went to live, they're not getting points mm-hmm. and, and, and they're not going to be able to play. But it's a good step. Uh, I, I just I wish that this had been done eight months ago. Absolutely. I'm with you. I, I wish that there had never been the merger and then this could have happened without needing Saudi Arabian funds. All right. Time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is if you're looking to uh, to watch some basketball tonight, come over to UNF. This is a big game because we talked about where these two teams are in the standings. Another little quick note here, this is their only meeting. So the tiebreaker between UNF and Lipscomb will be decided tonight. They only faced each other once, so this is a big game you get really a game and a half in the standings uh, for the winner tonight absolutely lots of college basketball tonight we talked about Florida Kentucky my takeaway I think Florida actually is going to win the game which is surprising because a week ago I told you Florida had no chance against Mississippi State Uh, but I've watched this team closely obviously during that game and the game since and even though they ended up having to go to overtime against Georgia I think there's something that about this team that they're playing confidently that I think they'll be able to win and and Rupp and I did look it up they've only won 10 times at Rupp since 1974 four of those 10 times were final four teams yeah yeah well I the and it's only 10 times the the 14 team beat them three times one of those was in Rupp and one was in the Mm -hmm. yeah so I knew that that's right yep yeah. Four, so, yeah. four times were final four teams. Four uh-huh. of the ten. Four of the ten were wow. final four teams. Wow. But we should be thankful, I suppose, as Gator yeah. fans, that we've yeah. had four uh, final yeah. four yeah. teams. I, I don't I don't sense that uh, that, that Florida's going to be able to hang around with them. I, I think I my, I'd be I, I just get this hunch that middle of the second middle of the second half we're going to know that Kentucky's going to beat them. But we'll see. See what happens. Let's yeah. say hello to Rick Ballou. Rick Ballou around. Now, the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick, how you doing, buddy? You got me? Hello? Okay. We'll have Rick in a minute. I know yeah. that. I'm it, confident. You got me? There he is. There, there he, he is. is. I don't know what's up. We got a little, we got a little problem here with the jack. Yeah, that's no good. Jack problem's no good, Rick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm here now. What's going on? Rick, does Bill Belichick ever coach again? Yes, I think he comes back next year. You do? Okay. Uh, I think there's going to be a plethora of really good jobs available next year, or a chance of a few really good jobs next year, uh, including Dallas, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. I think Cleveland could open. I think if a disaster happens here, Jacksonville could open, and you know, I think there'll be another couple of bad jobs that uh, that could open. Let's say both in New York City. So, you know, every year we see seven, eight, nine coaches. I, I think there'll be plenty of availability next year for Bill Belichick. 
right, we'll see what happens. What's coming up tonight? What's on the program? Uh, we got a lot of good stuff tonight. My, my visit with Dave Campbell, I want to learn a little bit more about uh, this defense. Trent Balky made some interesting points uh, a week ago Thursday about man coverage and how it's really not man coverage or zone coverage, how it becomes man coverage. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out if um, – uh, Trent either does not know what he's talking about or maybe he knows more than the rest of us. So I want to dive into this with Dave Campo and just this total new strategy that we are under the belief that Jacksonville is going to play in their secondary. We'll get Campo's thoughts on that. Also, the very latest from the Senior Bowl. Very good day as far as offensive linemen were concerned. That's where I want Jacksonville to go in the first round. Uh, we'll have an update on the very latest out of Florida State as well. Uh, they continue to be in the news as they battle the Atlantic Coast Conference. So all of that coming up here in the next two hours. All right, Rick. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Right, Rick Palooza goes into the night. That'll do it for our program. But, again, UNF, Lipscomb tonight. Come out and watch the Ospreys. You get a chance. Yeah, you at home as well. You saw some pee or go see the Dolphins play. Always love to talk college basketball around here. We're out of here, so don't go anywhere. Rick Palooza goes into the night right now. For Hayes, Lauren, and Archer, I'm Frank Frank. So long.